Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Call of Flag Talk podcast. It's your boy John. I'm here with Virgil. Uzi, was it good, my guy? So right there, you know, just embracing the cool, dying right now, but you know, you know, we just, we had to we had to push on. And uh, we also have Salik. Salik, was it good? I'm good, embracing the cool as well, trying to survive, boy. Uh, I had the other hand embracing heat. So, um, this morning was insane, current with by us, and I felt like how a harmless feel on Christmas, truly. And yeah, I was gonna ask Salik something, you know, right? Yeah, so Salik, at this point, you're basically a regular, and I feel like I want to start a count to see, like, by the end of the year. Who does not John or Virgil have the most appearances? But like you way in the league. Uh, like, well, like, it'll be me or Daniel. It's only two Yeah, hours. I was like, I say it's really two all here. And whatever it is, we can buy the sugar. Mona, you and all the kill on. But you and the one week you was supposed to come, they end up losing, so he didn't come. And then the kill are them always losing. So, and then on top of that, the killers work and he's go to school. So, yeah, he's never have time for us. But we had time to watch the Manchester Derby today. And that's where we'll be starting this week. So, um, United lost 3-0 at home to Man City, which a lot of people thought was expected. Um, I actually had a little bit more faith in United going into this stand. I think most people had, mostly because I think, you know, it was at home, it was at Old Trafford and... United usually try to put in pretty good performances there, even if on the road they are pitiful. However, first half, we had a kind of contentious call for a pen, which we'll talk about a little bit more. And then the second half, Ten Hag made some changes. And I think it was had the complete opposite effect that what he was intending it to have. United lost any stance in the game and went from being a cagey close game to... Being completely honest, a training session for Man City, in all honesty. So, that being said, Virgil, overall mm-hmm. thoughts of the game, bro? Yeah, just like just like what you say, honestly, going to the game, I honestly had a lot more, I had better expectations from United because going to this game, I wasn't feeling like as confident before because I, I know how recent games went for them. You know, United in a, you know, United kind of have a confidence boost right now. But, Honestly, from like the first six minutes, honestly, I felt like United will look. I felt like the game was going to be kind of cagey and would be would a swing either way. But mm-hmm. honestly, I felt and and it's not even just from the from the first goal. I just felt like even just just leading up to that, I felt like at some point you know for you know City going to score, and I feel like from that it just depends that okay, when City does score, how United going to respond. And, you know, obviously it had moments in, moments in the game where, to me, I find kind of like really just throw, throw the game. But, honestly, after a while, you just felt like it's going to be standard results, honestly. And and whole time, whole time for the game, I still don't think to myself. I was like, I still don't there. I doing dishes. I making food and things while the game going on. I, I couldn't really care to really focus on the game that much. And I still don't ask myself, like... This is what United fans used to feel like in the early thousands, like when City come, when City come to them, it's like you literally, you're honestly, at a point, feel like I can't even say Brentford. Brentford felt like a tougher game for us. It, it, it just feel like after it's just standard. 
It just feel like if United was to get that win, it would be a sucker punch. It would be like, okay, it seems like the noisy neighbors really just get get um get the best of us. But honestly, just after just felt like standard. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Salik, on the outside, what was your thoughts? I thought in the first twenty minutes, United were the better team, and I really thought they were gonna get a goal some at some point during that time. But um, he didn't score today. But Hoyland basically won the game, but unfortunately he won it for Man City. <laughs> and yeah. this is something that, and I have always been consistent about these things. And I have said it before, like last season, especially with Jacker versus um, against Liverpool, these moments change these kind of games. And as soon as Hoyland put his hands on Rodri and Rodri went down and they checked it, I was like, oh, well, this is going to be a pen. And as soon as Haaland scored, that was it. If Onana had saved it, I think United would have gone on to win the game. But the fact that Haaland scored it, it's just like, that's the game changer right there. And City, just after that first goal, they just cruised for the majority of the game. United didn't threaten them at all. They had like, like very, I would say half chances. McTominay had a good shot. Um, Rashford should have scored the chance that he had, but he also missed. And again, I don't know how long, how much times I'm going to have to keep repeating this, but United just don't score enough goals. And they were at home today and they lost 3-0. So, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't really have much more to say on that. And apart from Ten Hags, as you said, Ten Hags, um, substitutions being given the opposite result of what it is he was trying to do, along with mm-hmm. taking off Hoyland after bringing on Mount for Amrabat, which is an attacking substitution, they then take off Hoyland to bring on Garnacho, which is a very weird substitution, to leave Rashford on the pitch again. McTominay played like 90 minutes, I think, as well. So again, more questions up for United. I don't really know where they're going from here. I think Ten Hag's job is in a lot of jeopardy right now, especially if they don't pick it up anytime soon. And with the Champions League, they're on a, on basically living on the edge of the Champions League right now. So that's it's just tough for them. I mean, looking at City, though, I thought City were excellent today. Like they've mm-hmm. sustained that first twenty minutes for 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 um they did they held off United really well and I thought Bernardo Silva was bad the match like he was fantastic today. Haaland should have had like four, um you know on kept him out twice but yeah that's about it I yeah. don't really have I think this is just as, as standard as it gets you know it's standard three 0 United get Chrome at home. It is it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed and I mean. The first half was a lot more cagey and competitive. And I think you're right. The point of the, the Hoyland moment. I'll be honest. I think it's really soft, the pen. I, I don't necessarily think that it, it had enough in that to call it. But it's one... I'll give you a decision to make, though. Yeah. 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 And that is it. Is that he puts himself into a position where there can be something given. And unfortunately, it was. And there have been times that we've seen in the past where City would go 1-0, 2-0 up against United. And then, and I I don't mean this sarcastically, but the United spirit would kick in. And they would remember who they are and actually play them for pride and whatnot. And and we saw good comebacks in the past of, you know, we all know like the 3-2 they had a few years ago and stuff like that. But given where United are right now, they just feel devoid of all hope, you know? And 
you know, Salik, I know that I, me and you just talk about this a lot of times, but, and people can make jokes about it, but the truth is, is that they aren't firing properly. They aren't creating enough chances to score, and there isn't enough goal scorers that you felt the need to take off Hoyland in this game, which is your prerogative as a coach. But look at what you're bringing on now. Look at what means left on the field. And so, I, I am never, ever going to tell a fan of any club to not celebrate late winners and dramatic games and stuff like that. But then now, after the emotion subsides, and even maybe fans even had to do this, but the coaches, after the moments of the game, where McTominay winning games late for you and Maguire winning UCL games for you, and Casimiro is the reason that Bayern result wasn't embarrassing. You need to be able to analyze why it is that my 400k a week left winger is not scoring at all and is never looking even ready to take sniffs at goal. That my striker has only scored goals and losses and has not scored yet in the Premier League. My right wing could be a toss-up between multiple players and none of them are actually working. And so at some point, again, this has to come back to the coach. Um, on City side, like I said, after Amrabat came off, and it, I know he had the yellow. He probably was afraid he'd get a red. There isn't no real option outside of Casimiro to bring on, and he wasn't available. But after that, it really just became a training session. Like, City's second goal was... It was too easy, man. Like, it, it generally was... Yeah. Like, just slice a knife through butter, boy. It it it, it was so seamless. It didn't even feel like if they were trying, you know? And, yeah. I mean, people will hear me say that and say, you know, you're clogging United. Dog, it's, it's just the reality of where the situation is. And so then now, we need to ask the difficult questions, which we love to do. So, first one, Salik Hoyland. Is he on fraud watch? I think he is, bro. And it's not because he hasn't. He hasn't shown that he is capable. It's just that they bought him not to look good. They bought him to score goals. And right now, he's not scoring any goals. And in mm. the Prem, you're not, like, you're not going to... They're not going to get far if they're number nine, who they are starting every game, is not scoring goals. And I don't know if they, they need to change the way they play or if they start need to start playing only for Hoyland, but something needs to change. And if Hoyland himself, mm-hmm. we are in the 10, the 10 games in, I, I can't remember how many games Hoyland has actually played. I think it might be six. I can't remember. But I think he's, he's had enough time that he should have gotten on the score sheet by now. And if he doesn't, there's just going to be more pressure for him, which will only make it harder. So I think it's a great, a huge bit of concern. And I think, you know, you know, for lack of a better word, he is on fraud watch. He really is. Yeah. Virgil, Onana actually had a bounce back game today. And I thought that if it wasn't for Onana today, honestly, it could have been about 5 or 6 nil. And with that being said, are we feeling like he is coming into his own a little bit more? Or is it that... You're still expecting a little more from him. Don't, um, don't get me wrong. He still had one or two little shaky moments in the game. Eh? Like, that one when he come out of food, yeah, eh? yeah. I was like, what is he doing? But he's still had a good game overall. But yeah. yeah. But, but I mean, if, if, we get, if we get to the point where, where we're praising this man for basically doing the bare minimum, what they here would do, then 
this really says a lot about United's quality because right now, because if I'm wrong, yeah, he saves, which is the job of a goalkeeper, and for and for any early chances, it had it had moments. If Haaland had just decided to, for the first for the first early chance, if Haaland decided to throw his, throw his head at it or or like a big strike and bundle the whole ball and the keeper in, into the net, you know, mm-hmm. it would be a whole a whole different story. We'd be here change, we'd yeah. be here talk about a whole different narrative. But just highlighting that third goal. Really, the man literally just parried that ball straight to Haaland. Haaland squared back to Foden. Foden tap it in. So it, it just it just moments like that where, obviously, yeah, you're looking at this. You're looking at what Onana does, and you say, okay, this is stuff to give him confidence. It's nothing. It, I don't. This is nothing to look in the general general um, sphere and say he improving. This is just really to build his just build his confidence, honestly. But yeah. You have, to look at, you have to look at moments like that. Moments like that that leads that leads to goals. In a game like this, where it was already done, it was already done and dusted, you know, you look at that and people might be like, okay, the game is over. But you're going up against your city rivals. It's not something where you could you, you, you want to be piling on more goals and add to the add to the embarrassment. But you don't know stuff like that is not something you could say is a one off one. No, this is stuff that you. I have you have a lot of confidence. You'll see you might see stuff like this happen. In bigger games, where it means something, where it mean more for them, like going to go into the Champions League and, and going going back to what you said about the Champions League. So that's my thoughts on them. Yeah. Um. Next difficult question. We now mm-hmm. have seen. Uh, this one is just anyone of y'all could jump on and say anything. Uh. By the way, I agree with what both of y'all have said. Um. Yeah. We have now seen the players that Ten Hag has chosen to keep. Uh. We have seen the players that he. Um, what's what I'm looking for? It was well known who he didn't want to keep, mm. having to be the ones to save his job, the one that he wants to keep, or the ones that he signed are either failing under him or out of favor. Are we now in a position where Ten Hag is sackable? Hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, bro. I I don't sure if you remember this, but I told you if they don't get out of the group in Champions League, I think he will lose his job because this is this is this is ex- this is the kind of season where after a season like last year, you have to improve. If you mm-hmm. anything that you don't, if you don't meet the expectations of at least what you did last year, it's not going to reflect well. And being in the Champions League is a huge thing for United. I personally yeah. think they have enough to get out of that group. I personally believe that. But if he doesn't do it, and I can't remember who it is they have coming up in the leagues very soon, but mm. after losing the City today, oh, they have to bounce back. And if they don't, and if they continue to lose games, he's he's there. I think I, I think if you look at the league right now, he's probably in the top five managers that could be sacked first. And that's kind of crazy. Yeah. To come to think about it, especially on the season that they had last year. They are full of more next. Which oh. is is not is not a bad fixture to to bounce back in. Now, but, but still, but even even before even before that, I think with the board and stuff, we'll be looking at the the cup game against Newcastle because you know yeah, you're, yeah, still, yeah. you're still you're still you're still trying to much. yeah that's you know, the you're still too, yeah. To push, you're still trying to push for him to at least get some silver some silverware because he has that squad and obviously these are the competitions where they'll want they'll want him to push for obviously. The league is obviously every team will want to perform good and you know they'll want to play high, but you're looking at these competitions where United are really focusing on. So mm-hmm. I just say look at all the players that he brought in, 
looking at how last season last last season went, looking at everything that had been going on behind the scenes, I I literally was asking myself after this game, I was like, from a performance like this, every all you hear from these from these United supporters who are pundits and all these other people behind the scenes are saying obviously trust trust Ten Hag and trust the process and get and be able to be behind him. What they what they really said don't talk to Ten Hag about because I literally feel they have to sit like I want to know what our conversation is like after games like this where they sit down and like are they fully behind Ten Hag? Because I sure nobody could be looking at how United are playing right now and say, all right, this is just our blip and we're gonna to get together at some point. Because it does not seem like they, like they're going to get anything together. Um I'm going to steal something Salik Tama this week. Um what transpired between Garnacho on social media and Onana, it does reflect that they are united behind the scenes. The Discord is united that they don't want any sort of separation and stuff like that. However, you can be as united as you want. If you can't produce performances on the field when the time comes, it doesn't really matter. Um, My biggest criticism of Ten Hag continues to be the same thing over and over is that you have decided last year that there was a style of play that you saw that could have gotten your results that even though you were going a little close to the margins in terms of how you were squeezing out results, it got you top four. You are now here in this new season and you are trying to produce a different style of footballer, which all credit to you. But there seems like if the players you brought in weren't built for that, they are prepared to play that kind of football. The players that you've retained, the players that you have pushed out, the, the way that the squad has been assembled by him. And I think everybody should remember that when he was now getting the job, it was a mandate by him that he had total autonomy over the incomings and outgoings. And whether you agree with that or not, what that does mean is that where the squad is now, it's on him. And it's not for a lack of having funds or lack of players coming in. Because if we look at it, they had five players coming this summer. They had five last year. They had one in January. Like, that is a decent amount across three windows. And now we feel like they have regressed. Um, On Man City now, a little talking point is that we have said on this show that they, uh, there was questions to be asked over Haaland. In, in terms of impacting games. And this is the first game for the entirety of the year where his goals actually changed the game, state of a game. And I think it was not a big deal because it's Haaland and it's City. I don't think like there's something that was like breaking him down, but it's something good for him to get off his back a little bit. That he had a game in the Prem, in a big game against a big opponent, that we will leave saying it was the Haaland game. Because oh. it was all him. It was his two goals. It was his assist. That, that, that was it. It was his game. And I think it was good for the game. It's off his back. Would you like anything more to add to that? No, I feel like um, the only thing I, I want to add is like, you know, that just that honestly just speaks really about the levels that Haaland on. Because, you know, we literally having a conversation. Even, even you see in all of our social media, we still have that conversation where a guy that goes from breaking a Premier League record, both goals in a season, top scorer in Champions League, and the and the argument that people still having is his goals not 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 winning games. So you know the goal is still there, obviously, and people people talking about 
when the goals come, the the type of goals. But you know, at this point, I feel like there's something you know Haaland really, really don't care for because every single game, whether he is whether he scores the the winning goal or whatever, you keep seeing for him that he wants to score, and that's all. And that's all are all are really important, honestly. Yeah. Um. I was gonna say something else, you know. Thankfully, I took Alvarez out my fantasy, you know. Yeah, I, I, I see. I see. Real men take Alan out, you know. Like yeah, well, them is clogs. I wouldn't do that. Uh, I'll go. I was really going to say something else, you know. What was it, boy? I think the last little for this is never depend on United to take points off of anybody, you know. But that is yeah. a very important point to me. Um. Can I say something on the Holland thing before before you go on? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, you know me. I've been a, I've been a very um, I've been opposed to this Holland narrative that has been going around that he doesn't score important goals. So he, you know what? Today he scored important goals. He literally won the game today. But at the same time, I think people, what people also need to remember about when about just goal scoring in general is that like the whole game state thing is like if you're winning, if you're drawing, if you're losing. Right, mm. but if Haaland scores a goal after City already one 0 up, and he scores he scores a goal to make it two 0 City ever City realistically win the game. So yeah, you know yeah, those Holland. those kind of things those kind of things are important as well. So I mean for the for the Haaland the Haaland big game no big game goals believers. This is a case in point for you, but just keep in mind that when Haaland does score, he usually kills off the game, which is incredibly yeah. important for a team like City. Yeah. yeah, valid. Uh, last talk point before we move on is at the end of the game. This is not really a big talk point, but however, I am I genuinely am shocked he didn't get a red card for this. But like, how Anthony didn't get a red card at the end of the game? Like, I, I like why? Why not? Like, if we're going to call out the fact that we think that it was a soft call that they made for the pen. Is it because he felt sorry for them that he made a soft call for the pen? But like the man swing at knee height at the man mm-hmm. and then after that want to fight. Like what yeah. more evidence you need, you know? Like I don't know. I, I just thought it was really weird, boy. I like you can tell some of these footballers are so brainless because you clearly now swing at the man, completely miss, and then you want the size of the fight. Like yeah. Whatever. Cool. Nice. Moving on. Other big game on Sunday is Liverpool. Kidding. Everton beat West Ham, which the short night Harvey keeps marching on. Uh, we will continue to do so. I actually asked our brother today who does do betting and stuff because I don't know my head from a two with that kind of shit. I was like, bro, is it possible for me to put like $200 on Everton finishing above United? Because you know what, boy? I believe in Sean Dyche. And even more so since I started narrative about the hot things. You know me? We're going to triple out on it and hope for the best. However, Liverpool did actually beat Nottingham Forest. Eh? Three goals, you know. Mr. Inevitable scored the third goal because how dare he go a game without making a goal contribution? However, it was the Dominic Sobosly and Nunes show to really start off this game, to be fair. They were electric. They were fantastic. They were everything you expect from Liverpool. And I honestly don't really have much out of it because it just is what you expect from Liverpool to be how they were. And it is actually kind of nice to see how Liverpool that isn't so do- so dependent on Salah. Away you see it's almost like 
and Darwin coming into this house a lot more. Salik? Well, you know, again, Liverpool, three goals. You know, you have to you have to give it. They, they, they did score four. One was disallowed. Um, so, you know, this again, nothing new about Liverpool. They they beat Forest. Forest didn't have didn't really do much in the game at all, to be honest. It, this is probably Forest will show in the season, to be honest. Um but again, Liverpool they were good, they were good defensively. Um I saw, I heard something during the commentary talking about the different system that Klopp has tried and that um that is probably what is responsible for their defensive problems this season. And I kinda agree with that because it is a different thing that Matip and Konate have to learn. I think Virgil has looked great this season again. Um so you know nothing new about Liverpool. You know, I, you know me, I, I've been running the Subasai has been one of the signings of the season. Um, proper prop for the for the longest while, and yeah. again showed how good he was today. Gravenberg was good today. McAllister was good today, and against teams like this, they're gonna roll them over. And you know, that was a real good showing from Liverpool today. Not nothing, yeah. nothing more I could say about how good they were today. Um, oh, I also want to say I think I honestly think Darwin has been a top ten player in the league so far this season, and I truly believe that. Truly, truly believe that. I don't know if I did, but I could be. He has been, bro. In terms of impact, been really good. that yeah, one has yeah. been crazy. Like, it, it's so it's so under, it's so so unbelievable how good he's been, especially how last season everybody was like, oh, well, he's basically like, he's, he's fine chance and he's not doing anything with it. But that's not the case this season. Like, he's he's really upped his game and he's moving into the, the price level that they paid for him, quality type player. So... You know, that is another thing I just wanted to add. He's been looking real good so far. Yeah, valid. Okay, so, yeah, I could get on board with that. Um, I think, like, the best way to describe him is, like, refined chaos because he still feels ultra-explosive, yeah. but it does feel like there's a bit more precision in his execution, which I think is, is all um, anybody really wanted from him was to be a little bit more precise. Um, I feel like if... I, I know Salah, you saw it, Virgil. I don't know if you guys see the one he missed in midweek against whoever it was at Toulouse in the Champions in the Europa League. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, like, bro, the dribble he do around the defender, then to run around the keeper. Like, it all was looking so good, bro. And then he hit the post. Like, I guess to some extent, you probably won't ever get away from that with Darwin. However, he is a really, really good player. And yeah, I could probably get on board to the top 10. Virgil, do you have anything to say before we move on? So, well, yeah, well, well, yeah. so for, for the for the old Liverpool game, obviously, yeah, I feel like that was just, you know, standard for them. And in moments like that, when you, when club able to, you know, see and see how all everybody and the team was contributing and everybody looked good, this honestly just, you know, it may not be anything that too flashy that going that going to cause any big any cause any major change in any narratives, but this is you know this is what 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 you want from a Liverpool, a Liverpool fan would definitely want this. You have these players like you know I look at all these players for Klopp as like this is all part of part of his arsenal, and he have obviously you have Salah at Salah as the main man, but when you have the likes of Darwin who could miss chances and then next week he keep pushing and getting goals and all these things. You have that, and then when you look on when you look on the bench, you have other players you can bring on even at the midfield, the midfield now contributing and feeding the attack a lot more. So right now I feel like for for Liverpool, 
you know, Liverpool just Liverpool just look like they, they have all boxes tick right now, and they just keeping that consistency consistency good. Yeah, agreed. Uh, before we move on, I just wanted to look at um, Liverpool Football Club's upcoming fixtures, and so in the next few, well, two weeks really, because after that is international break. Yeah, it is. They just have Luton and Brentford. Mm-hmm. We expect that to continue. And with Spurs playing two tougher teams then, and Arsenal playing Newcastle, and I don't Who's think... Who's the tougher team? Behave yourself now. Behave <laughs> yourself now. Why is it this Bezo? Aston Villa <laughs> and Chelsea, that is the tougher team. Who's that tougher team than Chelsea? Now? After the international break, the City had to play Liverpool. But what I was going to say is, going into the international break, could we see a scenario where Liverpool are closer to the top of the table? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. Bro, they will they will steamroll um they will steamroll Luton. And I think they'll be Brentford too. Like you're yeah. looking at six points for them in the next two games. Yeah. That's why you know. Cool. Then we have City versus Liverpool on the return, which should be great, hopefully, as we get rid of the last international break for this year. Okay, cool. Moving on. Um, next up, we actually have. I don't know if you all did watch a Newcastle Wolves game, but I was actually real funny. I did. Pedro I Neto did. is a great footballer, and it is truly heartbreaking that he gets injured again because he was doing phenomenal, bro. Like, he was great mm-hmm. on the day, and he keeps making people wonder why, like, any time period he's broke out of Wolves. I know he's had injuries, but, like, clubs have signed players, like, like, uh, what's the man in? Like, Mado Eke, like, Anthony. Like, whoever else you want to go down the road with. And he, look, we have a prem proven right wing, a left-footed, and is insane. And it's just really unfortunate how often he gets injured. But Wilson at the double. Salik, we get closer to 20. That's great news. <laughs> and uh, what was actually a pretty good one, Ivan? Uh, bicycle kick, uh, which was insane. Uh, but uh, it is, I, I didn't bring this up more that I wanted to discuss it. I just wanted to, you know, get out there that I apologize for ever doubting Wolves Football Club for staying up because Gary O'Neill, bro, you are him. Um, I don't think you should have sell out your tactics on Monday Night Football because Newcastle didn't actually seem like they were fairly adjusted to based on what he said. But you are him, bro. They clearly have enough goals in this team to at the very least avoid relegation if not do anything better because Huang is stepping up. Cunha scored. Neto, we don't know how long he'll be out for. There's always a January window. The winner of their last game, uh, Salak Tamo, to pronounce my name, the striker. Kalasic? Yes, thank you. He was even on the bench as well, didn't even start. So they have a little bit more depth there. Uh, I have just postponed us reaching the Arsenal game, eh? but we'll reach there just now because there's also one other thing I needed to bring up was the fact that yesterday... Somebody get a first win of the season at Portmouth. We are up. <laughs> but surprise team of the season finally get their first win. And it was against Burnley, which doesn't really help my team. Doesn't count, bro. Yeah, 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 we take wherever we get it. And thus, in the next two weeks, they have, oh good Jesus, they have Man City next. <laughs> and then after that, um, Newcastle. Is it Newcastle? 
Okay, well, it was nice while it lasted. Hey, Bob, Bob, can you do something for me? I don't <laughs> Anyways, so Arsenal went five now, and I heavily rotated the team actually. And you know, one of the criticisms that I've had on Ateta is that, like, I don't feel like when we have a chance that we rotate enough, but it was the first time Smithrow started. Um, Pre his big injury, I am um, in the league. Kiwio started, Zinchenko came back into the side. Kai Harvard started in place of Odegaard, which I think was uh, the bigger shock there, obviously. And he started because he is also not injured. And so it was a lot of change in the team that brought about a 5 0 win. And I think it was a good game for those who are more on the fringes to show that they aren't that far out, that if needed, that they are there. And you know, whenever Arsenal do drop points, the, the the talk always does come back to excuse. Do they need a striker? Striker, striker, striker. Ivan Tony. And I think this last week did a lot in putting a lot of credit in the current crops tank. You know, Gabi Jesus was mighty matching Seville and had a phenomenal performance. Unfortunately. He, Picked up what it seems to be a very small lock. Eddie came in for him today and scored a hat trick. And honestly, bro, like it was insane. I, I actually really rated all three goals, boy. Like the touch for the first one, the instinct for the second one, and the turn and the hit for the last one, bro. Like that was such a I'm him moment. And then, and it was. Really good that I could have seen that he... What is good for Arteta now is that he saw that, yes, there's a certain level of position that I can't afford to rotate the way that Pep would rotate. Keep players who are on the fringes closer to the squad, keep their fitness levels similar, and we don't not just drop points, but we could play in good performances as well. So, that being said, Virgil, thoughts? Yeah, because like what you mentioned there, that's the whole point of you know what what Arsenal want to do. Arsenal will, what, when they want to build the squad depth, because obviously you, you know going obviously you might not have the funds and obviously those things obviously have like the top top names in every position and top and especially top backup backup options too. But in moments like that where you have players, you have players like Eddie and you know those type of players on the bench where you have everybody everybody could contribute in their own way. And it's what Atata won because even and even before even before this game, you're always seeing that Atata have that faith in 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 because he would play him in games where people would would question and be like, why he starting him or whatever. So you know for a fact there is trust, there is trust in him. So you know this was basically this was basically his game. So you know that that's good for him. That's good for, for a player like that. You know he have these type of games. You understand when he gets when he gets his chances, he will want to like that. That's the standard he have for himself. And yeah. yeah, and yeah, it's just good. It's just good for us now because it's good for us now. Now you get a, you get a, get a, get a, get a serious question. I wish I could ask. So I get here is that like, why it is that when he is out injured, he actually performs really well. And these are the moments where I, mean, I know he's called a hat trick, so easy to see it now. Like, but even like any run last year where he came in, and you know he scored twice against United and stuff. Like I thought, like. He didn't do as good as Jesus or in the style of play that I might even like, but he becomes very serviceable, which is all you could ask from somebody who is distinctly a backup option, right? Yeah. But why it is he's do so good here, and then when you come off the bench, 
when he is just as fine, what we need to come off the bench. It's terrible, though. Like, in Seville, I was so upset. And I can't lie. I have spent enough time this week saying this weekend, you know, if he is just fit, you know, I'd rather Kai start on top, I'd rather Trussard start on top, so anybody besides Eddie, anybody besides Eddie. And then he comes and does this, which, you know, reminds me that, you know, that, yeah, you know, that he's a decent striker and stuff like that. Um, before I bring in Salik, because it's not really much to talk about here, per se, because uh, we'll talk about the Chelsea game just now, is that what I was disappointed in in this game, which is so sour to, to, to say that, uh, but, like, as a fan, I wanted to see more from from Smetro and and Harvard's today. It's like today was a day where like you're seeing everybody getting something. And so even though that I thought that they weren't bad. Like nobody was bad today. But like some I well you know I listened to like a certain things, right? But somebody was saying like when you realize how difficult it is to play for a top six team that when you do get your chance, that you have to take your chance to actually do something to leave any manager's mind that, yeah, he could rely on you. And I'm not even saying that I wanted either of them to score or assist. Obviously, if they did, I would have taken it. But impact on the game. Grab the game. Yes, I know that his father. Yes, I know. Uh, so, sorry, I really don't mean that this is actually the chef crew, But he, even though I know that they're a team that we're supposed to be, that we're supposed to run over, that I wanted to see a little bit more personality from them in the game, you know? So, yeah. Salik, is there anything you wanted to say before we move on to Chelsea? I totally agree with your point there about um, Smith-Rowe, especially, because I thought this is one of the games where I, I was very surprised that he did start. So I was like, yeah. well, if there's no better chance for you to take than today against yeah. Sheffield United, arguably yeah. the worst team in the league, you know? Yeah. Go out and get your goal, bro. But he didn't do that. He didn't. I personally didn't think he had a very good game. I think Havertz had a very good game either. Um, I expect. I expect. I expected Havertz to at least get a goal yesterday, yeah. and he didn't. And I don't think he was very effective anyway. Um, and you know, my my biggest criticism of Arteta has been, um, uh, like how he how he manages certain games, and I think the, the issue that he has now is that. How does he rotate the team to always keep them fresh? And I don't think he should have kept Saka on because y'all will lead him like 3-0 by like the 60-something minutes. He I don't think Saka should have... Yeah, we well, took him off late. He took him off in 70-something minutes. So Honestly, I, took him off, I, think my... I think it's because he had a little... So there's a record within Arsenal that if he had scored today or assist today, he would have broken it. And I feel like he wanted him. Well, I think Saka would have wanted to. Yeah, but he didn't do it in the end, right? So it didn't make a difference. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like in in in, I would have taken him off because Saka needs mm-hmm. Saka needs rest. Like he's he'd be going to get to a point soon if he if he doesn't start giving him less minutes, where you're gonna see his exhaustion and not gonna be good for him in the long run. Because how old is Saka? Saka is twenty two, right? Yeah, twenty one. Right. We 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 can't we can't we can't continue to. Put so much on soccer. This is a young player. Like, I mean, we I know think, he's a very good player. I think the good thing is like well, midweek we have the cup and like I don't think anybody expects him to start then. And like I actually do think that the team that ended that game is probably the team that's gonna start midweek. Well most of it. So like trust out one side. But right, so I mean that's for me that's even more reason that they should have take off soccer by like when he was leading three 0 so mm-hmm. you know, like because yeah. well, the game is gone. Even if Sheffield scored, scored one, 
they wasn't gonna get back into the game. Like yeah. we could we could be totally honest about it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the last thing I'll say about this is like Jesus Christ, man, Declan Rice, what a player, man. Like Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. Like just Bro, like, like why why do they, why do they have to go to Arsenal? You know, like my goodness, but yeah, love what a player, that man. man. Boy. And what a player, man. You know what, boy? And you know if this was during Fugi time, eh? They, we would have never lived in our world where Fugi would allow them to have a window go and they didn't get either one of Jude or Declan. Eh? Yeah. And I, I agree. So in, that is so indicative of where they have fallen now. That they are no longer the prime spot that English players just want to go. You know? Like, obviously, we are very far removed from when Rooney went from Everton to United, right? But, like, we never heard afterwards of, like, oh, well, you know, Arsenal was in fame or Chelsea was in fame or whatever. Like, English players just wanted to go there, you know? And that's how times have changed now. I have nothing left to say about Declan other than... It's bro, just Declan Rice, bro. Yeah, bro. It's I like, just Declan Rice, bro. Tanned, yeah. I know what you think. I don't even think like he shines in these games, you know? But come Chelsea away, come City at home, come United, th- those are the games where he stands up, bro, and, and take games out. The ball for his assists, I thought it was a little bit behind Eddie, but he did really well to take the touch. Like, like bro, I I can't say anything bad about Ivan. Like, he do so good. Now you're in the pick in there, though. Yes, can he man to give a 100% perfect pass? From from a goal, yeah, yeah, from, yeah, from, yeah, yeah. from an assist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're right. asking for. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. Um, I wanted there was something else I was going to say. Now. All right, you know, for Arsenal team that I, I, to be fair, I do think that some of it is was valid. That has been struggling to click. We are now the highest scorers in the league. We also have the lowest expected goals. We have the most clean sheets. And something like that, yeah. And to be fair, I do think, like, compared to City and Spurs, we've had the hard fixtures so far. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That'd be it, but yeah, fair enough. Well, no City have faced... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, City, yeah. City was, we was in another conversation. Most of our games were very, very easy. Up, up we faced... United, City, Spurs, Sanchez. John, you don't have the most goals in the league, yeah? Second to City. To Brighton. No, Brighton. And Newcastle and Aston Villa have 26. Yeah, they have. Oh, and wow. Arsenal and Liverpool have 23. To be fair, I just knew that we had all score Spurs and I was just going to go with that. I should have just said that. Too. Fair enough, fair enough. But yeah, yeah, one more than Spurs. Okay. Cool. Nice. Chelsea lost to Brentford. First of all, the most astonishing thing was... When the lineups came out, <laughs> there was no Enzo. There was no somebody else. Somebody Modric. else. No Modric, Modric. Yeah. yeah. And no Gusto or right back. That's all. And then when the game started, apparently instead of it being Corella mm-hmm. right back, it was the Sassi. <laughs> For what reason? I don't know. Hey, a goal could change your life, boy. Wow. Um, Static. By all means, bro, have fun. What, 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 what do you think? Uh, okay. Well, I mean, the first thing is, well, Modric was injured, so that was unfortunate. Um, I'm not sure the extent of Enzo's injury because he also, um, his, his one of his, he, he had the birth of his child. Um, I think it was the day before the game, so I don't know if that played a part in it, uh, which is mm-hmm. just perfectly fine. I have no problem with that. But 
at the same time, like, this is a game where you really have to look at Pochettino because why is it that we are playing a centre-back at right-back when we have two right-backs on the bench? Mm-hmm. And and on top of that, the, the one of the right-backs who was on the bench played the last game that we won and played pretty well. And, you know, like, and... and, and it's just it's just so it's so unbelievable that that we are back to a stage where we play in players out of position and this is the topic of conversation for Chelsea because this is exactly what happened with Colwell and we we still at that point and again we we not we didn't we don't score enough goals like we we score goals when we when we feel like scoring goals which is which is mm. probably the problem anyway mm. and. I don't know. I, I personally don't think most of the Chelsea players had a good game yesterday. I think all of our attacking players were very, um, were very uh, lackluster yesterday. Mm. And I just, I'm just worried at this point because we, I don't know what at which stage during the season we will actually kick off and we will have a consistent run of games because we have we are we are already in this difficult run of fixtures which happens again in the second half of the season in almost mm-hmm. identical order. Mm-hmm. And in the games in between, we don't seem to be winning those games either. So I as a fan and as as a supporter, I just don't know where we are right now because we would look like we were getting we were getting there under Pochettino and then he absolutely goes against the mold and destroys everything that he's been doing right for the past few weeks. And at along and we were talking about Ten Hag being in a difficult position. And I think Pochettino is in a difficult position as well. Like I'm not, I'm not saying that he needs he needs to be sacked, but the the context of the season is important. And if we if we make it to the Man United game without winning at least twice, we're gonna be stuck on on like 15 points from almost 15 games, and that is not good. And well, that's not so good. Like, I was yeah. going to ask if after the United game, you all won only two of those games. Let me say one draw in there, two draws in there, and the rest was losses. What do you say? Sack him. I I think the United gamers would be the fifteenth or sixteenth game, game of the season. Yeah, I think it's game week sixteen. Right, that's game week sixteen, right? So if by that point we don't we don't make a good mess of it, because if we don't have more than sixteen points at that stage, I think you have a lot of questions that need to be answered. Like and Kunku is supposed to be coming back earlier than expected, but will will Pochettino be there by the time he he gets back? I can't tell you Apparently because he's in if we don't know. Some yeah, so if but the thing is, we need results. We can't keep we can't keep hoping and and relying on the underlying metrics to to tell us if we're going to win games. We need to actually yeah, yeah. win the games, mm-hmm. and it's just saying. I guess the only fair. the only bright spot. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. All I was going to say is to be fair. You pointed out yesterday it could have been honestly a two three nil game in the first half. But these players are just not sticking the ball in the back of the net, and therefore what I was going to ask then is like, is it conversation bigger than Potter, bigger than Lampard, bigger than Pochettino. That is there a fundamental issue with the players that are being recruited. Because then now, we are not talking about a, a scenario where the players aren't getting in positions, that they aren't getting chances. It's just a quality issue. And Poch, obviously, this is not a Poch issue. This is a bigger issue than Poch. Because he is not the one that, that brings in these players. Like We all know how invested um, Bully and the other guy is in terms of what they do bring in. So then now, that's what I'm asking. Is it bigger than Pochettino? I will say no because at the same time, if he sees the players every week, right? 
So there are obviously things that we don't see. So we he must know who is his best finishers and put them and and he has to put them in positions to score the goals. On the mm. flip side of that, which and if so, let's say I agree with your argument, right? What would be the what would be the 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 way to to get past that, right? It would be to be solid at the back. Yeah. Yeah. No, but how would you counteract it? You'd be solid at the back. So that yeah. if you if you manage to get one goal, you could probably win the game. And the problem is we're not solid at the back. We just keep making defensive mistakes. And that's that is that is this is the same thing like United, you know. This is my same point for United. If we if we scored more goals, these things would like I shouldn't have to be talking about the sassy playing at right back, making a mistake. If we scored the three goals in the first half, that yeah. changes the whole game. It changes the yep. whole story yeah, that, that we're talking about. Yeah. So you know it it that is just the problem right now. And I think it it is on Pochettino because this is not something that is that is unique to, to managers or anything. Was that? I said, I'm going to you one more time then. Because Go ahead. the difference I would say, though, with y'all at United, is that we have seen evidence that there could be something brewing that that there could be multiple goals in a game. Because the exact scenario you're talking about here, which is 100% valid, we saw it right before the international break with Burnley. Right? Where y'all conceded, but nobody cared because you scored four. You know? And it did look like the goals were built. In fact, up until Arsenal, the goals looked like it was built. You know, even no matter how fortunate or not the circumstances was, the goals was flowing. This is the first time in five games, I think, five, six games, that you all went without scoring. You know, me, are we being a bit harsh because of how bad the, the larger picture is? And this could be a small blip, I'm asking. No, but you have, you have to take it into the, into the context of the... Of the um of the season and John, let me let me, let me I'm gonna make a very a very serious point here, right? No, no, but I want I want you to answer this, right? Okay. We sure don't that. have any Europe this season, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We yeah. have we have one game a week in the Prem, right? Mm-hmm. If the the biggest thing that I've been hearing since the Brentford game is Chelsea don't know how to break down a a, a low block, right? That's what I've been hearing for the whole of the week, right? What were we doing in training this week? Not figuring out how to break down a low block. What do Brentford do? They sit back. Everybody knows how Brentford plays. This is not like they change their tactics for us. They we literally play it into their hands. This is what they do. They soak up pressure. They beat, they hit on the break. That's literally how they yeah. play. So I want to know what is being done behind the scenes because every time there's something that's keep going wrong that means that is obvious. That's obvious that that is there to be fixed. Yeah, and I mean knowing how Brentford has played out tactically, playing the Sassy right back was. Like, even though it did not come about because of our lack of pace, eh? but, like, just the idea of him playing at right back with Wisa and, and, yeah, and what, what was my next guy, that sucked to me like suicide, eh? But I agree. I agree. And, therefore, it comes back to what we was asking earlier, is that can Poch move on from what his current midfield is to get more players on that are actually capable of doing more with the ball. Now, the thing is, he kind of was forced into it because of Enzo not being there. But with no Enzo and Gallagher being the one to play deeper, one, you take away what actual Gallagher's strengths are. And then mm-hmm. two, you lose all form of ball progression because that's like, that is you know, ball progression. You know? Yeah. And I can't lie, Salik. I, and I swear on my life, I have not seen this because he, he plays for all, yeah? 
Um, I have not been that impressed by Caicedo since he signed for y'all. Like, oh, I know that. There's somebody else there. Mm-hmm. Cole? No? I don't th- no, I thought he, I thought he was gonna I thought he was gonna say something else, but okay, go, go ahead. Yeah, I, I just think it's been very five, six out of ten ish. You know? Like I, I don't feel like if he is impacting games, but I really feel like he's taking away from games and like this kind of harsh to do to him, you know, because I don't think his price stuff has anything I, to do I, with I him. I think I think the best way I think the best way what what you want to say is that he hasn't looked like a hundred million player. Yeah. Even a hundred million defensive midfielder. Like, like he hasn't looked about, like that. Yeah. Like we're gonna talk about Jude in a little bit, right? And, and what he's doing there. But like, even aside from that, you know, like you look at what Rice is doing, you know, and, and then and then you look at yeah. what Caicedo brings, and, and it doesn't feel and I mean it, I, I think it's also unfair because he was never that type of player. He's not a, a forceful player, you know. He is the kind of sex that you want to play in a pivot with somebody else, but not somebody who wants to play on his own kind of way. And yeah, no, but he's also I'm... had a disrupted, a disrupted start to his Chelsea career. When we got a red card yeah. and yeah, all yeah, those yeah. kind of things. So I feel like all those things have have contributed. But he does need to play better, though. I'll, I, I will, I will, t- I will tell you that. Like, I, I expect both of our hundred million players to play better. To be very honest, but but he was forced like into more of the changes this week and. Again, I as you said too, like I, I think that there were chances in the first half. So then now it's a case of quality in front of goal that we just not seeing. And so you know, we just always say this with like players that with managers I guess sucked, is that like you can't change it easier to change, sorry, one manager and just uh get rid of eight nine players. Yeah, mm-hmm. so yeah, Virgil, anything you want to say we you know this with Pochettino with Chelsea. That is yeah. The the winter, winter, I want to say I, I remember seeing seen a comment seeing a comment about this this game. There's like they're very they don't it's nice to see Chelsea Chelsea back in form after that blip against Arsenal. <laughs> 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 but yeah, but the only thing else I wanna add I wanna add to that is from what you mentioned there, you just you just mentioned the name of Awisa and Mbamo. Chelsea literally play into their hands, honestly. Like, they literally just give... Like, you, you know what to expect. I found the minute, I was like... I just think about that. I was like... You know for a fact they're going to, going to terrorize, terrorize our Chelsea. And you know how... You know how you're selling all them as being at midfield. You know how all, how they how play. And just looking at our back line, it's like... Yeah, this is good. This 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 don't really look like it's going to be a comfortable game for Chelsea. So, I, honestly, at the, end, at the end of it... I I was surprised with the one 0 honestly. Like up until the la- the last goal, I was surprised with the one 0 I thought it would be a lot more. I when I started, I was thinking to myself, okay, you know, Chelsea might my, my Chelsea might douchebag. I was like, Chelsea might Chelsea might make a little might make a little a little one 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 draw. But then from the moment that last goal comes, I was like, yeah, this sums up this literally sums up the entire game, honestly. <sighs> cool. Nice. We can move on to Spurs before we talk about El Clasico. Uh, so Spurs, I mean, my thoughts on Spurs has kind of been mostly positive, but like, apparently because I had a hot positive, take you that I finished, bro. <laughs> but because of the way that a hot takes episode went down, that like, it, it makes it sound like if I, Shock, was the only one who put them in their top six when we did the initial predictions for the season. But, oh well. Um, what position you had them? 
Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they played Crystal Palace, and honestly, I thought Crystal Palace was kind of unlucky not to get something out of the game. Because uh, yeah. I, I honestly, until the own goal, I genuinely think Crystal Palace would be better. As I, and but I hear the quality tells. And Madison is who he is. But you know what? I don't, unless all I want to say anybody the game per se, or you could. Like I said, I think at the end of the, even like with us or with anybody who's going there, like Virgil will know this too. Like going to Selhurst Park, especially where they put you on a Monday or a Friday night, is the worst. It's like they said yeah. they to lose. You just want to get out there with three points. This question I was going to ask is, is, is bigger than this. Um, Spurs, it does feel like everything is, even though I know Son scored and stuff like that, um, it does feel everything is dependent on Madison, right? With, with the way the ball flows through, how they get the attacks clicking, and the person that they want to make the final pass is Madison. However, we talk about a player here who has a kind of dodgy injury record. Do we have concerns about that for them this season and how it may impact their season? Hmm. No, what what you say there is true because it, because when you look when you look like look at that obviously what going on Spurs right now it seems like obviously you know I don't I don't want to say I don't want to say a fairy tale because you know that's kind of like like making it seem like Spurs should not be up there in like the t- in the top four it, it it just you know we was not expect expecting it and you know credit to the playing credit to the manager but as I say it really is, it really feels like one unfortunate event. Like an injury like that could derail the entire season, and uh, knowing how known Spurs, the type of Spurs, I feel like if something something like that is to happen, I will have. I really feel that it would just be just a simple derail. It would be like a huge drop. Mm-hmm. Can I say uh, before Salik, you give your opinion? If it ever does happen, is that kind of? I never saw all the solution. But I would like if they put Kulu Selfie inside and play Brendan Johnson outside. But yeah. Salik, so, thoughts? Does this um, season ride so, on Madison's fitness? I, so I don't think so because I think it more depends. You know, this is, this is kind of funny because I feel like, like because Madison has come in, that everybody thinks that this big change has been due to him. And I don't think it is because of that. I think it has more to do with the fact that Son is playing as a nine. Yeah, I, I think, think once you, once you, it, yeah. yeah, and I think once you're able to get the ball to Sun in those positions, I think that Spurs will continue to do well. And the, the you, you're correct when you say that because Mad- everything goes through Madison, that that it looks that way. But it's just because Madison is the best person to get the ball to Sun. Yeah. So well, I think true. like true. I think like that that is something that that needs to be considered as well, and. Also, I feel like because Spurs don't have as many games, I think Madison's injury record may not be... He might get injured throughout the season, but I don't think the effects will be as bad because he will have more time and stuff like that. To be fair. And Spurs also have a very good front line off the bench as well. Eh? Like, Brennan Johnson hasn't started a game, I think, since he's been bought. What is it? Richarlison. No, Richarlison starting. Yeah, yeah, he's starting now. So, like, I mean, and, and he's not playing. I don't think Richarlison is playing well. So let's just say there's a five game period during the season where he decides to play well. You know, that might be that might be 15, yeah. 10, 10 to fifteen points that they win in that I time. We would have liked Solomon to give more of a chance 
Yeah, I, I agree too. I, I, I think, you know, he, he's that kind of player, but I mean, they, they're playing well right now and they don't need it. And the final thing I'll say on Spurs is that, well, actually I have two things. One is that that the defense, I think, is solid enough to to sustain them for the season, even if they need to, to scrape out draws. Mm-hmm. And the what, the last thing is that I think that the thing that that we have not taken into account is the return of Benton Kuru, because I saw that he was on the bench this week. He was. And and I think him coming back is going to be a totally new dimension that, that, that Spurs are going to get because he is the most dynamic midfielder that they have. So if you're able to fit Basuma, Bentancur, or, or, or Sa with Madison, you're looking at an extremely dynamic, energetic midfield. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, that, I think those things could take them forward even if they don't have Madison. I think Bentancur coming back is a good is a good thing for them to have in the in, in the in the Arsenal and that's good. You know, I I could see them continuing. I don't think it's solely on Madison though. I really don't think so. I would say that I also have concerns over how many sources of goals that they have in this squad. However, even though that Son is there, obviously their biggest source of goal, what is something that they have in their camp that is good is that they probably have the second most clinical player in the league, you know, behind Haaland. And, like, I mean, I would all do respect to Salah, but, like, he just is. Like, shift shoot, that is the man bread and butter, dog. Um, next question, which is kind of random, but where does Gregory Van der Weer stand in your signings of the season? Is he up there? Who? I know his name. Van der Ven. Mickey Van der Ven, you mean? Oh, well, I say Gregory. Well, terrible. he said Van der Veel. He's a totally different player. Wow. <laughs> well, I know who I mean, though. Wow. <laughs> no, that's that's what I asked. I was kind of confused. But can I say? I think he. I think I was. I did that man at the service for not putting him in top ten times of the season. Truthfully, yeah. He is. You know. You know. You know what he is reminds me of. Do you remember back in the day when Varane was like extremely fast? Yes. Oh and, like, my he caught up goodness. To, you remember, yes. This, do, do you all remember when he caught up to Aubameyang that one time? Yeah. Yeah. And Virgil did it as well. That is what Van der Ven looks like to me. Like he is one of those extremely fast centre backs. That yeah. yeah, bro. He's like I did not expect him to be that fast. Like I think he could catch most of the players in the league. To be honest, in a, in a yeah. sprint from 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 the defense, I think he could catch most players. And I think he's been a great sign. And I think he's half the reason why Romero has looked so good this season. I, yeah, I was going to say that dog. I like in. And all the players players get on, like, I, I do think that a lot of their players are at their level here. But Van Der Ven is one of them that, that have me thinking, like, if, like, if he could go up again, you know, to, like, teams that could compete for Champions League and stuff like He's that. He's the perfect yeah. complement to Romero, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah? Virgil, anything you want to add before we come Yeah, because, yeah, yeah. I feel like, obviously, how we, you know, we kind of, like, underestimated him. But it wasn't, it wasn't in our way of we felt like it was a bad sign and we felt like it was it was a sign that they did not need. We just felt like, you know, it was a player that came in and, you know, we kind of, we were just sitting down there waiting to see how, how it would go. And honestly, it's, it go, it going well, but it going surprisingly well. It going like way better than I expected because this player, I feel like Spurs, you know, he stayed there, obviously, once he have, have a good partnership, once he progress well, He'll be up there, you know, because it have it have many young footballers that that we talk about right now and talk about before. 
But with him, I feel like if he continues, I mean, I mean, know the, top, the quality of centre back spurs used to have in the past, and used to pride himself on that. Yeah, I feel like I feel like he could definitely be up there with a top top centre back. Like a lot of big teams, I say, a lot of Champions League teams will will be looking up. Yeah, fair enough. Cool. Moving on to the Premier League now. Um, El Clasico was on <laughs> Saturday. Yeah. yeah and Saturday. so I had on that and I had on the Arsenal game at the same time. Gundogan opened his score to some terrible defending. Barcelona then went on to pretty much dominate the first half of, of the game. And a lot of half chances, missed chances, a lot of the posts being hit. And... It felt like if Barca was just leaving too much on the slate for Real to come back in, I guess who out of everybody would have show up for Real Madrid to put them back level in the game was Jude Flick in Bellingham with a phenomenal strike, makes it level. And then in the last minute of the game, Jude Bellingham, right place, right time to put them 2 1 up. And what I would say is that, look, I, I don't necessarily take that Real with the better team per se or whatever. However, Barca, because of not taking their chances when they were on top of the game, left Real Madrid with a scenario in which Real Madrid historically loves and thrives in. You give them the last 20 minutes of a game where they're close. That is their bread and butter. To turn on a switch in the last 20, 25 minutes. And Jude Bellingham has come in and embodied that as well. But a, a lot of late winners are ready for him. This is just not another one to add to it. Um, Salik, you had any thoughts on the game, bro? Not surprised that Real finally came back and, um, and won the game. Because I thought Barca was going to win at some point. But, I mean, the biggest takeaway for me from the game is that this guy is probably the best player in the world right now. There yeah. is there is there are very few players in the world that are doing what it is he is doing right now. And look at the club he's doing for. Look at the club he's doing it for. It's it yeah. you know and you know the thing? I don't hate Bellingham and I, I I love him to bits. But I have to say, man, this is ridiculous. Like yeah, you know, like this is this is this is almost like this is striker level goal scoring from a midfielder. Yeah. You know, like and he's the, the the level of player, man, it's ridiculous how good he is. It's honestly ridiculous. And I can't I I'm so glad I'm so glad he, he scored and they won the classical and, and do I, mean, you know, I don't know what else to say I could pass out. Do you know what that second goal he has now surpassed Zidane's greatest goal tally for Real Madrid? Well, really? In yeah. a season or like in a season. Or, or like all in a season. Yeah, the most goals Zidane ever had a season he's supposed to start in, you know, like thirteen games, twelve games, something like that. Mm. But bro, the man, the man is a he's a Real Madrid player. Like he just is. He's he's that quality. He's 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 one of the the, the best players in the world. It's just a, it's just an honor to watch him right now. He's he's probably I don't know if it's a purple patch. I don't know if it's going to be a purple patch. But I'm just right. gonna keep riding it because yeah. it's so he's so good. And, it's and, just so good. And let me tell you something, yeah. For all the criticism I've always had of Son was Mostly because I just didn't think like people rated him properly for what he was, right? But after season of season of Sun overperforming his his metrics or whatever, like people would have said things like you know he got regressed, he got regressed. But there are players that are just him, and when they now reach to the stage of doing that, and people notice it, people would think, wonder how long he can keep it up for, keep it up for. 
But then we had realized that over the time, that was like son's true level. Just a ridiculously critical player. What if we are now just seeing the birth of what Jude is then? You know? Like, nobody, just being very real, right? Nobody was really paid attention like that in Dortmund. And to be fair, he was a big part of the team that carried the title to the last year against Bayern Munich. You know, one of the few teams to do that over the last eight years or so. Then now we are real here. What if we are just seeing him burden into a role that was born and made for him? Because yeah. guess what, you know? If anybody over 40 listen to this part and probably don't like what I was to say. But if he keep up like this, nobody's going to remember the number five being associated with Zidane anymore. You know? This would be Jules Bellingham's number. Uh-huh. And well, I mean, you know, that's a that's a that's a tough one. But I mean, uh, if he continues this way, there'll be there'll be very yeah, few boy. debates. Yeah, very few debates. Yeah. Um, Barca side, Virgil. You have anything to give them? Barca, yeah, just, well, similar. So uh, as I said, you know, after the after the early chance, uh, you know, I I know I know for a fact that quality just because of, you know individual individual quality from obviously a top player from like like Gundogan. But now that now that that was done and everything was left up to Barcelona to act for the rest of the team now to to add to the score line and you know push for those three points. I feel like everybody just let everybody just 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 let let the whole team down. Everybody just just felt like. They were it was missing if then it didn't feel like like they were they want to push us at some point, and I kind of understand why because I know we I know we still talking about Bar you know we we trying to just talk about Barcelona, but when you have a player that can hit a strike like that like how you do for that first one, mm. I could understand how any team going to look at that and be like and just feel deflated because that strike out just out of nowhere. Because from just imagine you there, you push, you push this man, do it. At that at that moment, I'm pretty sure a lot of Barcelona fans are almost like, oh shucks, I, I really feel because they see they see in the quality when 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 Madrid play other teams, they're like, wait, well, I we really don't want to be part of this statistic, you know. We don't really want we don't really want to get marked down and be like, you know, we basically get touched by Jude. But honestly, um. Yeah, because you know, and and, and then going back with Barcelona, I feel like obviously like the, the comments and stuff you heard from um from Gunnar saying that you know, he felt he felt that you know there wasn't much aggression from the team after the, that defeating Justin Room. Yeah. He felt like he felt like, and I don't think that was crazy. No, no, I I think I think also the re- well, yeah, I felt like it felt like it was crazy for him to say it there in, in that moment. Mm-hmm. But honestly, I remember sitting down there and just and just watching. I was taking in the whole half full time. It really felt like that. It really felt like a lot of the players they just they're like, okay, well, you know, we lost and everything, but it felt like just lost a regular a regular game in the league. It literally did not feel. It didn't feel. It didn't have that that energy or that or that or how it would feel like yeah. after yeah. a regular classical loss. So I literally looking at that, looking at the players, I seeing heads, I seeing heads drop, but it just seems like they were like, okay, let's brush it off. We go again. So I really, I feel like even without Guna was Guna saying that they really could have really. Felt that and you saw that from a lot of Barca players. And I mean, look, the reality is La Liga title is not just between the two of them. We we honestly, well, I shouldn't say we. Virgil has done pretty well to do a lot of Girona proper on this pod. Um, Come on. The best team in Catalonia. Let's, let's say that. <laughs> um, but there's also Atletico Madrid who are currently six points off the title. However, they are two games less and they're about to play one this evening. 
So yeah. we'll see where they stand after that, right? But Barca versus Real, guys. The reason that I edge Real Madrid is because as it's a go on and do better in this league, is that even though I know Barca are better league bullies and whatever, and their football probably suit winning all leagues more, I think that Barca feels like a lot of square pegs and round holes in that team. You know, Rafinha and Lewa in particular, and then there's a lot of inexperience they're going to deal on if they don't depend on those players. Shut up. Um, those don't depend on those players. <laughs> and then now with Real Madrid, though, I think that even though their football may not seem as ideal, I think that Jude has fallen seamlessly into an environment where these players are okay with those conditions to go on and win games. And so, I do think that even though that their system and their style might not be up to scratch to what Barca have, been, have probably laid out, I think that I find it more dependable. Oh, wait, wait, this probably got some real ridiculous, but I mean, that real, you know, right off my alley. Uh, but I, I currently think that the players at Real Madrid are more dependable to outscore the players at Barcelona right now. You know? Like Lewandowski yeah. got he goes last year, but does it feel like if he... Anybody actually left last year feeling like if he did anything? Nope. Not really, right? You know? And then now he here, and I have Barca fans forever saying, you know, Lewa is Lewa, and he's quality, whatever. But we rather went for Ran plays because it fits the football better. You know how glad... And, and, and that's, a, that's a wild statement to even say. Exactly, right? Because Ferran is not good at front of goal. But because he adds so much outside us. So I gave square pigs and round holes, right? Whereas at Madrid, I think Jose Luz is underrated for how much he's actually going to contribute to this season. Yes. And he has big. been contributing. They still have Ada Goulet to come back. They have Rodrigo. They have Vinicius. They have Jules who is showing up. Like, they, there is goals in this team. And I mean, we are looking at Patrick's prediction for January where they could be at Mbappe transfer to Real Madrid, which could just blow up everything. So... You know, there's, there's goals out there, man. And so, I feel like if it does come down to Barca Real, I, given that the injuries on too bad, because many came off yesterday injured, and apparently he's out for six to eight weeks. Uh, however, two of those weeks will be international break. But, yeah, we don't know how bad it could be. But it's still have Kamavinga there. Bro, Kamavinga, come you off and left back, dog. Hey, this man is so good at football. I... Dog, I wish he didn't sign that contract last year. But, yeah. Olya, thoughts? Barca versus Real. Olya, what edge it to? I, I, I can't remember if we had a conversation oh, about this. You, know, you can't see it, Jerona. Hey, well, 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 but I stay quiet? Because that, 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 that might be hurt. <laughs> No, I can't. I can't remember if we had a conversation before the season start and 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 who we um had tipped to to finish. But I know I remember we had comments about this Madrid side. You know, it might it it felt like it had some question marks about the fellow Sheik. And you know, we, the main factor you mentioned how Barcelona is when it comes to league, they ha- they are that team that will obviously like, you know push push on and, and, and you know be do well in the league. Oh, yeah, boy. I just look. I just looking, looking at it, looking at moments where one Madrid. Every time you feel like you're counting Madrid out, Madrid just find out ways to just make you believe, you know. Mm-hmm. Madrid, Madrid, and the court. And even, and as you mentioned, even like also like looking at those players, like Hustle and those things. You'll be four season. You'll be thinking, okay, well, you know, Madrid may want to want to strengthen in the future. 
nah, those players doing the job. Those players, those players playing good. And I feel like right now things looking real good for them for Madrid. So to me, I feel like I get what you're saying. I feel like I'd agree with Madrid. Salik, anything? I'll go with Madrid too, mostly because I have not been impressed with what I've seen from Barca in the sense that I've been wowed and I've been like, that's something I could really get behind. Yeah, but yeah, for Madrid, I feel exactly the opposite. Like I, Vinicius, I think, has not been very good this season, truthfully. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. says a lot because he has levels to go up. Like, he yeah. has had a really yeah. season. But even even when he's played, I don't think he's been at the level he's yeah. been at for the past yeah. few years. Probably. And I think if he gets to somewhere near that during the season, Real are going to shoot up again. I guess you can't remember didn't play. Um, I think, I don't remember when Militao was supposed to come back. I really don't remember. But that's another thing too. Mm-hmm. So, and Courtois has to come back too. I did play with Kepa and goal right now. So, I just, I, I feel like there are more levels for Real. But I feel like Barca right now are... Uh, whether it be because of the the squ- squad that they have or injuries or whatever, I feel like they're firing closer to all cylinders right now than Real. And you know what's the next thing I would say about Barca is that, honestly, I think Barca have a soft stomach, you know. Like, Barca get through in the group that they have. But under Xavi, they've come out of the group stage twice already. And they come out as in finished third, right? They yeah. should come out of this group. Like, they are top of this group. They have nine points here. Yeah. And they should come on this group, right? But let me look at the teams that they could face granted. Obviously, this is not cemented, right? But, like, currently, the teams are in second place. And this is not the Champions League party, guys, if you want to do that after. They have Leipzig, possibly up there. Dortmund, or whoever come on to the group for that day. They have Inter Milan. They have Napoli. They have Lens. They have Galatasaray. There's a lot of teams there that... Yeah, name for name, you wouldn't put them in the same category Barca, but I would favor them over Barca. I favor it's mm. over Barca by far. You know, like just being real, real but it's a... Anyway, come to this now. But yeah, and I, I think Barca was soft core, you see. And I, I'm yet to... I think the way that La Liga panned out last year is a big reason as to why they won it. Because it just felt like they ended up running away with it. As well as it just wasn't conceded because it had a super human year. Regression to the mean is now. Could you behave? Regression to the mean oh means that now they are conceding. Goals like what they did. So, yeah. That is not an indirect against Arahoda. He's still a good player. But that also could mean that Tursigi had a supernatural year last year. Moving on to somebody who I think was robbed of being in the signing of the season's conversation. It's a man whose father was legendary in football. Hey. He has a brother in football. He scored the winner against Roma this week. His boy. Talk about like hitting the ground running since he's been there. Um, he has several goal contributions. He scored once or twice. I think it was twice in the Milan derby as well. Which is, uh, sorry to bring up painful yeah. memories. Yeah, that's yeah. twice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry. And yeah, they scored. He they won one nil today as they beat. How do I pause it? As they beat um, Roma, who have had um, Mourinho up on the chopping board as a possible, you know, to go. Uh, we record this as AC about the face of Napoli, by the way. And Inter will stay top. Um, 
for this weekend, no matter what happens. Did you win yesterday? They didn't. Yeah, they did one now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the last minute of the game, fire a fella named Cambiasso. Yeah, Cambiasso, yeah, that's true. I ain't going on pretend to know who that was. He's someone at left wing back though, so. Isn't it? Isn't that Cambiasso's son? Like, it's the man Cambiasso's son? Actually, if that was his son, I don't know. I really don't know. No, um, sure. Any Bundesliga? Uh, Dortmund, again, doing Dortmund things. Went to Newcastle, win 1 0. And then come back to the Bundesliga and concede three. Most Dortmund thing ever. However, the Xhaka army marches on and we continue to stay at the top of the table with a 2 one over Freiburg. As well as in another great thing for Englishmen this weekend. I mean, Eddie scored a hat-trick. Jude scored two in the Classico. Harry Kane get a hat-trick in an 8-0 win for Bayern this weekend over Damsgaard. And... Last thing before we cut off this part, are we going to the Champions League stuff? Is PSG won this weekend after winning midweek, and they won three goals to two. And what was a very backward fourth game, however, um, Kagedly for Mbappe first goal, bro, phenomenal pass. Stocks there to be invested. Zaire, everybody, way. Bro, I've been really impressed by this guy, boy. Probably one of the best youngsters in the world right now. Yeah, I really, really, really do think so. I really like him. Okay, cool. Nice, guys. So, we're going to take a break. Uh, we'll be back shortly with Champions League Halftime. That's what we're calling it. Analyze what's been going on so far. Pretty color with the run. As well as, I'm going to be putting some trivia to these lovely gentlemen. And we'll see how they go. So, don't go anywhere. We'll be back in a moment. And welcome back, guys. Um, both of all the stuff would be on YouTube, but this would have been separate. Champions League halftime separate to the regular pod. So if you're here on the pod, you'll be hearing this on Monday. If you're here on YouTube, this would have been out on Tuesday. Separate from the main pod, which was uploaded on YouTube Monday. Love you guys. Same way. Subscribe. Send to somebody. So we're doing Champions League halftime. We're going to go through all the groups. Discuss how it's been so far. Predict a little bit. Project a little bit. Make some guesses, gambles as to how we can see it ending. And probably ask some, you know, important questions. At the end of all of that, I have some trivia here for these guys so that you can stick around as I question these guys as to how well they've been paying attention thus far. So, I'm going to just introduce them again. So, we have Salik, because uh, you might be coming back here separately. So, Salik, you good? Hello, everyone. And then we have Virgil. Virgil, you good? Yeah, right there. I good. Cool. Nice. First Champions group. Bayer, Galatasaray, Man United, Copenhagen. In that order. And you have nine points, four points, three points, one point. So, Galatasaray. Actually, I've been giving a pretty good account of themselves. Um, they came back from behind against Copenhagen on the opening day. They went to Man United and won. And even the Bayern game that they lost, they were dominating them in that first half. And Bayern yeah. quality just told in the end. However, United caught a win on the last match day against Copenhagen via a Harry Maguire goal and a last minute on a penalty save. 
but Bayern have been steady right on top of this group. How are we feeling? Who do we take top? Could we say the twists and thirds? Where we see this going? Virgil, you go first. Well, you know, top for sure is going to be Bayern, Bayern Munich. And, and I feel like, obviously, if it was, you know, look, if the fixtures were, were aligned differently, the whole Galatasaray and United thing would still would still be a toss-up. But I think, I believe the next game, I believe um, Galatasaray's next, next game is Bayern Munich. So, um, yes, correct. So, so, so looking at that, both teams, both United and Gaza, so they're looking at Bayern Munich like, okay, well, you know, it's going to be very difficult for us to get the three points. You know, if we both if we manage a point, that would be I- ideal for, for, for us. But the only thing is, the only thing I feel that that will, that will switch and will, and will make a very interesting tie because I'm not too sure when, when they'll be playing. I believe it'll be fifth, fifth match when United and Gaza should play. Yep. But Galatasaray is going to look at that game and they are going to be rubbing their hands because they know that even if they don't overcome Bayern, they just need to do they just need to overcome United. And if they just manage to get that done, that's it. That's it. They, 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 it's decided. It'll be Bayern, Galatasaray, and United will be the Europa League or completely not knocked out. Because Copenhagen, you know for a fact. On the last on the last game for Ga- the last game for the group for Galatasaray against Copenhagen, that's ideal for them. United last game would be definitely be Bayern Munich, so that would be difficult from a United standpoint. So honestly, yeah, I, I have to leave, lean towards Galatasaray. I feel going to be going to be Bayern Galatasaray United. I and you know United will still manage to be in Europe and you know try try to find some way to you know find some way to be there. So that's how I, how I feel going to, going to be. Salik, anything different? No, I don't have anything different. I just want to, I just want to reiterate the point that Virgil made that the Galatasaray United game will decide who goes through. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think that that game is because uh, even like United, this I'll put it: if United don't beat Galatasaray, it's no longer in their hands. Yeah, for sure. Because because I think Galatasaray could beat Copenhagen, and that is what could get them through. And also. United have to go to Turkey, and that stadium is one of the, mm-hmm. the cauldrons of football. You don't ever want to go there and play. So, it it for me, Galatasaray, I have the easier path, mm-hmm. but I'm not counting out United just yet because they have this is their this might be their only thing to play for this season. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's valid, but I would see everything set up for Galatasaray to go through. It's up to United to upset the apple car. Because mm-hmm. the issue yeah. is, is that United has to not just go to Turkey. You know, they also have to go to Denmark. You know, and I don't think Copenhagen just going to lie over for them. Because neither of Bayern or Galatasaray games against Copenhagen have been easy. United game against Copenhagen wasn't easy when they were at home. Exactly. I don't expect their away trip to be just a given. And let me say there's a scenario where United just draw that game. That they, even if Bayern win. Well, we expect them to win against Galatasaray and secure the top spot. We look at two teams on four points. United are behind on head-to-head to Galatasaray. They're going to go to Turkey where they need to get something in it. No matter what happens, they need to get something. And so, a lot of odds stacked up against United. Right now, unfortunately, I don't feel comfortable uh, betting on them. I would say it's still in it is Galatasaray to go through, but... It is United hands if they if they could offset the apple card. Cool. Moving on. 
Arsenal lands Sevilla, PSV. Can't lie, this is not exactly how I saw this group going through. Uh, well, actually, yeah, maybe kind of similar. Because I had Arsenal first and I had Sevilla third. I just thought PSV would have been second. I thought Lens would have been last. But, but I thought Lens had um, given a pretty good account of themselves. Um, and they were well valued for their win against us. And they drew their other two games. So they actually have gone through this group undefeated. Um, Arsenal, I think that we were really good on the opening day. I thought that we were not up to West Lens were willing to take the game on their way tie and obviously lose a soccer in that game and not have a Martinelli didn't help. But I thought the Odyssey the Sevilla game is one of my favorite games so far this season. Like the quality, the fight, the performance was really good and something that I think will leave us in good stead going forward. Um PSV, ironically, I'm not ready to count out PSV out of this group. Um, but they need a win. They really need a win. And if they can somehow manage to craft a win against Lens, then we're looking at a stage where they are both on five points and they face off against Seville in the fifth game. However, where I stand right now, I would say I think Arsenal will go to the top and I don't actually think I see the group changing. I think Lens will come out second, Sevilla third, and PSV fought. So, Salik, I'll let go first this time. Thoughts on anything to change, anything different? God damn it. I wish you didn't go with me first, guys. I want to say the same thing you say. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think Arsenal finish first. I think that is... Um, I think it would be, be awful if Arsenal don't finish first. Yeah, yeah. Especially because we that have two not... games in a row, too. Like, yeah, no. like that is not that is not ideal at all. So, yeah. I, I, I hope, and this is the hope that I have for Arsenal, I hope Ateta doesn't do what he did in Europa League last year. And he's like, oh, well, I could take this game off and I could rotate the team and you end up dropping two yeah. points and it makes yeah. yourself, it makes it more difficult coming down to the end. So um, I fully expect Arsenal to get out first and I do think Lens will get out as well. Um, and Sevilla going to the Europa League, I mean, what is more standard than that? Yeah, yeah. man. Virgil, anything? Yeah, well, I, I agree with that what the stand is going to be. The only thing is, obviously, I feel like as we saying, I feel like I'm disappointed in how severe looking, but then at the same time, I can't lie, I actually be... real disappointed how PSV have been my. Oh I yeah, no, yeah, so yeah. From mm-hmm. them, I've been sleeping on lens, but... but no, no, no. I wanted to give credit to lens for the fact that they lost some yeah. key players last year. You know, Fofana went off to Saudi, Openda went to um the Leipzig, Leipzig. and they still have yeah. managed to be extremely competitive in this group. And Wahi. Honestly, bro, he might he might have something to him though. That brother goal against us was real good and he yeah, scored all against PSV in, in Holland. But yeah, Virgil, sorry about that. But... Yeah, yeah, but so I was saying yeah. So I feel like I feel like right now disappointed how severe looking, but I mean at the end of the day, is it really the performance or is it just a tactic? I feel like I feel it might be a severe tactic just to you know get back to, to, to where they're accustomed to be. Cool, nice, nice. Moving on. Real Madrid, Napoli, Braga, Union, Berlin. In that order, um, Napoli are first with nine points. Shocker. Napoli are. What I said? I said Real Madrid. I meant to say Real Madrid was first. Not. Yeah. Oh, I was, I was confused. Yeah, with. confused. With six, Braga with third with three, and Union Berlin in fourth. Are we disappointed in Union Berlin so far? They had a really good performance against Real Madrid, and obviously, though. Jude Bellingham scored late in the game. 
uh, to yeah. take away the points. But they had a game against Napoli in this week on here. Bonucci was extraordinarily upset about not starting that game. And they now sit in a position where they are bottom of the group. Um, thoughts? Uh, Virgil, go first. Yeah, I feel like I feel like for um, for that is not not really a, a, anything anything that too too shocking to see how, how that that group going honestly, but um, can you see is Napoli can Napoli on six points right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, I feel like that. I feel like um, looking at you know looking at Union Berlin, yeah, Union Berlin, looking for how how things were for them and you know the whole story with them. Obviously, you'll be disappointed, but. I feel like in the Champions League, those things don't fly sometimes. And I feel like with, with the opposition that come up against Madrid, Napoli, that's all people really focusing on. Nobody really going to really focus on Braga, even if Union push push and manage that to feel like it really standard. Everybody really focuses first and second in that group. And I really feel like going to stay, stay exactly like that. I, I mean, the entire group is going to stay like that. Nice. Salik? Yeah, I, I totally agree with Virgil, and I also believe that um, if uh, I think if Napoli beat Braga and Real beat Berlin, I think the group can only stay that way unless Real beat Napoli. Yeah. So you're looking at Real and Napoli coming out for sure. Yeah. I would put my money on Real finishing first, but um, I don't. Where did they play the first game, boy? Did they it play was Napoli? in Napoli. Yeah. Okay, right now, nah, well then, definitely Real coming. Real um. Real will come out first for sure. I don't. I don't think this. I think this is probably the easiest group we might have to talk about. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Nice. Uh, keeping it moving on. Next up, we have. Oh yeah, I didn't have any to change that. I thought Braga actually has been doing well to give a good account of themselves. Next up, we have Real Madrid, Real Sociedad, Inter, RB Leipzig, and Benfica. And Real Sociedad are top of this group with seven points. And they have been doing really well in this group. Um, Virgil, your your boy David Silva needs to come here. Um, Did he retire? Mm -hmm. Probably should. Um, Yes. Yeah, Yeah, that's good. The the player could retire, but obviously, you know, the mentality will obviously stay. And, you know, that's what what a top quality. So, what you're saying is that if they reach the Champions League final, they'll lose. Oh, okay, no problem. Hey, that's, how you just have to disrespect this legend like that? Any, anyway, for the, anyway for this for this group, when you, definitely when you when you look at it, you will be you will it have two two things to look at it. I've obviously you give it a lot of credit to Real but then when you look at Benfica, like away, oh, I really not expect not expecting you all to be. Do they even have any points? No, no Benfica no. have not no points. So that you're looking at that, obviously, you felt like it would be. You felt like the end. The you know the hype was definitely around the fact the fact that this top team from Portugal are going against top team from Italy, going against top team from Spain. You really feel that related. So I feel like it really disappointed where Benfica is, and I really expected more. Like I really want to see more. I really want to see the progress. Mm-hmm. But not, but honestly, looking at that, I don't even know to the expense of who because Inter, Inter top playing good football and Real Sociedad playing probably the best football in that group. I still on this side, I have no idea. I still don't know who in the finish first between between first between um Inter and Sociedad. All I know is whoever finished first deserves it and it's going, it's going to be entertaining. Cool. 
Nice. Salik, anything? Nothing, nothing different. Um, I think both teams will call it. Um, both Sociedad and Inter will secure qualification in the next round. Um, but I can't tell. They will finish first, though. Yeah. I have a strange feeling Inter will, will, will beat Sociedad, though. And I think they will come out first in the group. Nice. Yeah, feel the same way. Next up is one of my favorite groups, Adam, is Feyenoord. Oh, the group of life, bro. The group of yeah, life. Like, yeah, like, Feyenoord have been phenomenal. Like, they have so many players there. That I, I did watch their game against Lazio uh, in the midweek, and they were great, bro. Like, Sadio Jimenez has been taking the world by storm. He has the most goals of any player in the top seven leagues when they combine the UCLA league goals, bro. He has been insane of a player. Um, they currently top of the group with six points. Atletico Madrid after uh, a real fight against Celta. Celtic in the midweek. They are also on, they're on five now. Lazio on four and Celtic on one point. Um, how do you guys, Salik Lamalego first this time, right? How do you see this group panning out? Do you see any big changes? So, oh. so I think this I think this group going on to the last game week. Yeah. I truly believe that. Yeah. I think I don't think anybody will be secured of anything until the final game week, until the last game plays. So everybody's gonna be playing for something on the final day. Mm-hmm. Even Celtic. I think Celtic will have something to play for in the um in the end too. So I will You know what boy? I will go I will go with something out of the blue here and I think fine, I will finish first. Mm-hmm. I think Atletico will be second. I think Atletico being second is not something that um that the rest of the teams wanna see. Exactly. Same. Yeah, I you know, agree. You know, that's, um, you know, if, 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 if Atletico comes second and everything finishes the way we think it will, they can only play City, PSG, Arsenal, um, Arsenal and Bayern, which is not a good yeah. a good fixture for any of those teams. Hey, so. I would love a Bayern versus Atletico in a dog. That would be a great game. I would love an Arsenal versus Atletico. But shut up, dog. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I don't want that. Okay, Virgil. I think the front thoughts. Yeah, I agree. With, I agree with what Brandon said. It go down to the last day because for me, I you know I have a bias towards Lazio. I really, I really would like them to progress out the group. So I feel like if it's if anything, if on the last day, you know, this type of group where you might see a team like Feyenoord looking so good, or looking so good where they sit in and last last day heartbreak where they out and or they go to um, Europa League. And even too, even too, what we mentioned with, with, with Celtic, it really can't count them out. So it really is an entertaining group. So for but for me, I want, I say Atletico Madrid for this. I say that just for what we mentioned, I really don't want Atletico Madrid in second because I, although I have Atletico Madrid as one of my surprise picks to, you know, to win the competition, I really feel I don't want to, I really want to avoid them and prolong that for as long as possible. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, I feel like you see, and you see, I have a lot of hope for. I have a lot of hope for. Hey, boy, goal boy, who's this? Come on, man, like Gulli- man, like Olivier Giroud must score this header. Only he gonna do that in the Champions League. player, watch this man. One, I think it's Pulisic with that ball. Anyway, but yeah, from that, from this group. See, I want to say Lazio, but from that game, that three, that three one loss to, to Feyenoord, I really feel like I don't see Feyenoord and, and Lazio pushing out. I feel like Lazio will add the entertainment, don't get me wrong. They will add the entertainment, but I'm hoping, I'm really hoping, you know, Lazio could, do, could add something. I'll be real, I actually quite like Lazio just because Sari is the coach. And I've always yeah. really liked Sari. Um, but I'm actually going to go for a little bit more hot take here. And I'm going to have Lazio 
finishing last. And I'm going to have Celtic finishing third. And I'm going to have Celtic winning their game, their next game against Lazio, because I believe Mm -hmm. it is in in Scotland. And when they win that game, that's... I know last they're not playing them any head to head. I mean, when they do play them next, it is in Scotland. And I think that game mm-hmm. is enough to put them on the four points at the head to head so that they could finish on top of every group. So that they're not playing in Scotland, yeah, by the way. Oh, okay. Well, that actually changes a lot to this. Damn. Hmm. Oh. Eh, whatever. I'm back it still. Let me go for it. Yeah. So come on, third in the group. Um, yeah, fade on. I I um like bro, it, oh. if Lister players they are good, it, it is undying. And I think it, it will come down to their game against Atletico to see who comes out first in that group. Um which will be great actually though. Like the work that has been done at Feyenoord over the last year has been fantastic. Oh. And they've lost some key players as well. Um, like this Turkish midfielder who went Benfica, I think it was. Oh, um, oh my God, what's his Kocu. name, dog? Kotku, uh, Kotku. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, well done to them. Cool. Moving on now. Next group we have is, eh, nah, we'll leave that for last. Uh, next yeah. up we have City Leipzig, Young Boys, and Red Star Belgrade. Hey, Red Star Star, the group pretty good actually. You know, I make people think like they was about to do something. However, as we expected, it kind of comes down to both Man City and Leipzig. Um, can I say this though? I don't think City has made light work of this group, despite what the points say. Like, every game felt cagey and edgy, and I I don't have any concerns about them. They will come out, they'll come out of the group, stuff like that, but I I feel like there could be a scenario where, like, if they if life they could by some miracle beat them and come and, and top that group, then we could be looking at City versus some very intense clubs uh, when it comes oh, yeah. to the draw. But look, I, I'm not seeing any faults with City or anything. It's not that. I just don't think that... I don't know if it is a burnout issue. I don't know if it is a hangover issue, whatever it is. But I, I don't think, like... You know, at this point, we feel like we just see a City 5-0 in the Champions League. Like, we haven't mm. seen that. Come. So, yeah. Virgil, thoughts? Yeah, I feel like I feel like honestly the group to me it is I feel like honestly like that because I feel like our last game in last game in the group is Leipzig. And I feel like that might be a little too late for Leipzig, honestly. I feel like we might definitely like secure secure um obviously qualification. Well that secure uh, well and then after um secure the top the top spot. And I feel like coming on to that la- that last game, I feel like it might be a little too much for the for Leipzig to, you know. Push for that, push for that, and try and steal that first, that first place spot. Because am I wrong? I feel like young boys, young boys will be looking at they know they know far fuck with City. It gonna be difficult, but depend now on how that next game next next game go. Because I believe young boy playing like no young boys not playing. No young boy playing Red City. Playing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Obviously, obviously, you know they they definitely they definitely iron up that that red that red star game that um that red star game last, but you know they'll definitely want to want to push on get get something off um off um Leipzig. But when you have when you have a player like 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 Javi Simons, you know, yeah, all that quality around here, you can't you can't count them out. So, but to me, I feel like I feel like they stand. They will stay just like that. Cool, nice, solid. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it will stay the same way. Um, the only thing I think that will be uh, the best part of this group is I think um, 
Red Star will qualify for the Europa. Nice. Um, I guess, yeah, that's the oh, only difference. The only difference. Yeah, see what Motor City, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, and but I want oh, I want to talk about what you said about the the city thing, John. Um, this is a this is a uh, a very common symptom of of teams that win the the Champions League the year before, and I when you come into the season, the next season, you, well, I mean, when you come into the season, the next season, you're always playing with a target on your back. Okay. Teams know that you are the champions. And they will play their best football against you sure. because they know you are the best. And this is this has been this is a this is a common thing. It happens all the time, and you see it every year. So I'm not surprised that City have found it not as easy as they usually do mm-hmm. in this group. But I don't see them qualifying anything other than first at this point. Cool. Same. Yeah. Um. Next up, we have Barca, Porto, Shakhtar, and Club. I'll be honest, I have nothing changing. Barca still feels very underwhelming to me. And I am not going to say this in a way that sounds disrespectful in the scenario where we ever draw Barca and for some reason we do the most awesome thing ever and lose. But I do think that there would be teams that come second and would want to face Barca. You know? Like, yeah. I... I, I don't think that they will fear them. Like how you fear the name, you fear the badge, you fear what they stand for, but not the team. And it depends on who you even going to play. You know, like I know there's a lot of, uh, there's Yamal, there's Fermin, there's these, these players that are coming through that are really exciting. But nobody's even know if Pedri's be fit and playing football anymore. You know? There's a dependency on some really inconsistent players and players that are square pegs and all. Who was we went through that in part one already? Not going to go through it again. But I don't see anything changing in the group. Do you all have anything different? Or we could go to the group for that. Shakta to get out of the group, bro. Serious, or what? I, 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 actually, I actually do hope for that, that same as well. Like, I really would, would yeah. like Shakta to, to get out of the group. I don't know, boy. Porto are not feeling very... Yeah, they're not, they're not feeling... Yeah. Not very feeling very um secure for me. That's how I'll put it. Yeah, because... You know, that, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't bet I, on it. You know, they yeah, are because the, the group, and I think that they are the yeah. Portuguese team that gave the best account of Portugal in the Champions League. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, but the entire I want to add because obviously, like as I mentioned, as as what John mentioned, and say obviously you know not Barca just not really looking looking all that. That just the, the entire group is like it's like Barca not, Barca not looking all that, but everybody else looking disappointed as well. So just making Bar it just it just helping Barcelona case. But honestly, yeah. honestly, as I say, it really feels like it would just stay, stay like that. You know, I would like Shakhtar to go through it. I feel like it would stay like that. But when you look at other teams like Leipzig, you're looking at Galatasaray, let's say other teams that finish second, Dortmund, let's say Dortmund, anyone from that crazy group, everybody looking at Barcelona and saying, yeah, I feel like any of them could, could look at Barcelona and destroy Barcelona. Cool. Salik, anything? Oh, no, I just I just think Shakhtar will get out of the group. I know, I've not been... Very impressed by what I've seen from Porto this season. I think they're very inconsistent, mm-hmm. and I, I, if I'm not mistaken, their next game is Antwerp. Mm-hmm. So I mean, yeah. that might be the only reason that they qualify. Yeah. But at the same time, I could still see Shakhtar, and you know, I can't say this very quietly. Just really again, why? Come on. Who's that way? again. Hey, well, you know, I mean, I'm gonna, Come I'm on. gonna say this. I'm gonna say this a little quietly. I think Shakhtar could beat Barca. So, yeah. Yes, for sure. Nice. Okay, group of that time now. 
Milan are now currently 2 0 up against Napoli, but guess what, guys? They have zero goals in each other. Yeah, the most Milan, the most Milan thing. Yeah, boy. Cord, boy. Hit this club. So, PSGR first with two wins, one loss. I feel like it's actually really important to see these these guys' record. Dortmund is second with one win, one draw, one loss. However, their one win is against the third place team, which is Newcastle. One win, one draw, one loss. But head to head hands them above. Even though their goal difference is more than something to really keep in mind, guys. But then we have Milan, who are last with two draws and a win. However, the points yeah, are six four four two. Two draws and a loss. Sorry, two draws and a loss. Right? The points are six four four two. There's a very real scenario where anybody here can finish last. <laughs> anybody can finish first. Yeah. And. I am super intrigued to see how much they four goals. Because if the oh unexpected boy. happens and Newcastle goes there, don't get a result. Milan hosts PSG in the San Siro and gets a result. Then we're looking at one of the stickiest endings of a group stage we may ever see. So, guys, what's up? What's the thoughts? How are we feeling? I think Newcastle have done well to give a really good account of themselves in Europe. Yeah. I think that they will be kicking themselves as to how the Dortmund game in particular went. Um, I think that they were lucky to come out of AC Milan with a point. And then on AC, I think AC would be feeling really terrible how this, this, this campaign has gone. And I started to look at the attackers as to... You know, when all you're going to stand up and give us more. Uh, Rafael Leal, who has 175 million release clause, has two goals in his entirety of his Champions League. Um, and this is his third year in the, in the competition, I believe. And then we have PSG, who looked like they were lost at Napoli, at Newcastle, sorry. But they did really well to regain some faith in the general public in the PSG versus AC Milan game. They obviously won against Dortmund in the early game. And then Dortmund did the unthinkable and went to, not at St. James's Park, it's this renowned stadium across Europe. But obviously, us as English fans know that now, because of Newcastle going to St. James's Park and leaving with a win is something that is not very easy to do. And Newcastle, I'm uh, sorry, Dortmund did exactly that. I am very, I am very confused as to how to determine how this group is going to finish. Um, but there's a very strong part in me that feels like it they, that it could remain as it is, which would be like one of the biggest upsets that given I think everybody had Dortmund coming out last in this group. And there's a very real scenario they could come out in the Champions League. So yeah. Uh Vija, use one of us who have a dog in your race, so why don't tell us how you feel about this group? Yeah. The main thing I wanna want highlight is the, the next the next um March day four. From everything, everything I saw from you know from the board, the board games, honestly, I would definitely be saying I am not that confident that that, that Milan could could push on could push on upset that PSG push upset PSG from the players that they have you know players that they have I don't I feel like if it's anything it could be a draw it could be something but I cannot see see Milan pushing and taking all three points but one thing I could see from that Dortmund Newcastle game. I really feel Newcastle could go could go um to Dortmund and secure three points honestly because yeah from everything I feel like Newcastle have that fight in them and I feel like they could I feel like they could really could really go and they could get they could definitely get something in that in that next game against Dortmund. 
but at the end of at the end of everything, uh, I just say that this is a group that could go any any anyway. But for some reason I really feel I really feel it might just be PSG and Newcastle to 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 leave that group, you know. I feel like PSG Newcastle and it, and it comes down to Dortmund and Milan. Both teams disappoint with disappointing performances. I feel both of them will end up trying to push for that Europa League spot. Sorry, thoughts. It's hard, eh? This is this is this is. I know. I think boy. I have seen many groups in the Champions League over the years, and this is definitely one of the toppest ones I have had to look at. I remember another one with Arsenal, Napoli, and I can't remember who the other teams were, but that was probably. It was like that was a few years ago though. It yeah, was, was it was, it was, was Arsenal, long. Arsenal, Napoli, and a few others, and that, that was a real hard group Actually, to call. Three but other teams in that group finish on twelve. Yeah, three teams. Yeah, I think I think that's the that's the highest points tally that that never went through in yeah. our group. I think that's the that's the statistic from that group. But I'll tell you what I think gonna happen. I think Milan will beat PSG. I hope. And Dortmund and Newcastle will draw any next fixture, so it will be. PSG on six, Dortmund on five, Newcastle on five, and Milan on five, and then that's where it all will kick off. So this might be real hot, bro. You say that but... I was watching the group just now and thinking, bro, if this could end up six five five five, dog. Yeah, that's exactly what I think will happen. Dog, it's seen, it's seen scenario. Yeah. So this might be real hot. I don't know how hot it will be, but I'll go in fit anyway. Newcastle to finish first. PSG to finish second. And I'll go with Dortmund to finish the Well, you know what? Why I go in and stick out my neck a little bit and say something ridiculous that these men somehow find themselves. And I'm going to have PSG first. EC Milan second. Newcastle third. And, and Dortmund fourth. Which I don't blush though. You real, oh. you real like Leal, boy. <laughs> I don't nah, like Leal. I don't, but is well, no, I do, but is is more that I can't. I, I do have a source for face, Milan. I always have, but I I have actually some confidence in them and turning up enough to get something. So I think it'll just be for the PSG game, boy. I can see, I can see that PSG game inspiring enough, dog. That PSG yeah, game just me. They just need two draws after that. They come on the group winner. No, but you know, you know that you know that thing, you know. Is that real scenario? They better win one game, draw four. Come on, this group. Uh, no, that is that is that is the crazy thing about this group. You could win that draw those two and still come on. But I still think I think this in, in my head. A scenario of uh, Milan Milan fourth. PSG to Dortmund second, Newcastle first. That's Patek, that's Patek. Now um, I think of I think of I think of Patek and I was like, but what Patek see was real entertaining. I don't know, I'm rethinking. Yeah, no, it is, it is, it is. Because I feel like, yeah, if, yeah. I feel like, I, say, I feel like if that's ever happen, the sacrifice will have to be Milan fourth. Because I cannot see Milan about PSG and that happening. But I feel like it would be some crazy thing, crazy thing will be, Dortmund and Newcastle, both of them qualify. No, but I, I, I didn't see, I didn't see the thing too, right? Like this, like we no longer working with goal difference, right? So yeah, this yeah. is a, st- a scenario where head to head is most important, right? So 
Mm-hmm. You could have a scenario where every one of these teams have a good record against each other, you know. Yeah. And that is but the I only thing that will separate them, you know. AC Milan have the best standing out of everybody to come out on head-to-head. Eh? Yeah, they can't beat PSG, right? PSG don't win 3 no. That gone. But two draws, one in Dortmund, and obviously one in yeah. at home, but one in Dortmund and two draws, mm-hmm. they're in a good enough place that they could yeah. then now take some men on head-to-head, you know. They That's just true. Need to win, which obviously is a given, right? But they are best placed to do that, then you know. Yeah, but Milan have two home games in a row, eh? so yeah, they're they in a good, they in a good position to do that. Yeah. Know, that's true, you know. That's yeah. very true. It just dog it real tough, boy. Like, you, tough, you, you either you're either going to end up with, with two teams on like a ridiculous number of points that do go through, or there's going to be like the lowest. Amount of points that our team ever go through the next round with. That's what you're looking at right now. Cool. Okay. And your last time then from you. And then we go into something. Yeah. Oh yeah, for that for that I see um I see PSG, Newcastle, Milan, Dortmund. Cool. I think we all have a different order for that, you know. That's kinda crazy. Okay, cool. So trivia time, guys. This trivia is brought to you by Kit Pundit. Have trivia based on the Champions League so far, so you guys can play along in the comments and let us know what you get. So, so if you are the first team to feel two out, oh yeah, or they're gonna have to just like, I don't know if raise your hand because it's like after there's a section where I'm just gonna ask all the questions and only answer, and then after this I have two, like this guy is supposed to lie, thing like who can name more, and so okay, that at the end. So we are the first team to field two of your players age 37 plus in a Champions League game in Ramos and, and Jesus Navas. Since Manchester United versus CFR Kludge in 2012, who can name the two players that they feel it that were ages 37 plus? Yeah, the and they played for United? Yeah, yeah. Maybe talking about who, yeah. who United feel? Yes, the two players United feel on that day that was 37 plus. Like, do something like that now, so I could... Say. All right, all right, all right. I, I'm thinking about it, yeah. hold on now. Huh? Okay, yeah, Salik. What year you said, sorry? 2012. You just said it. Right, okay. 12. Ryan Giggs. And... Michael Carrick. And Carrick. Virgil. Thirty-seven. Hmm. I would say. I'll allow hmm. like one rebuttal each after initial wrongness. But yeah, Virgil. Twenty-twelve. Hmm. Yeah. It'll definitely be gays. Twenty-twelve. Schools. Ah, that is correct. It is right. Yeah. Oh, damn it. Oh. I had the right position. You're wrong, man. Well, oh, my God. Uzi. Okay. So, the long and winging streak mm. away from home in the Champions League group stage um, is now Bayern Munich on 18. They overtook another team on 17. Who was the previous record holder at 17 wins in the group stage away from home? Hmm. So Bayern are now the record holder with 18. Who was the previous record holder with 17 for away wins in the group stage? Hmm. 
जैसा जैसा ग्रुप स्टेज लेवल एक एक्सेंट्स नो हैव नो हिंट्स ओके सालेक Juventus Nope hmm. Oh I don't know you know Stop Madrid Nope Salik back to you If um, if nobody gets after this one it is a no point Yeah Okay Home, home um, wins, right? No, away no, wins. Away wins. Away wins. Away wins. Away wins. Then okay. Um, no, I'm going to take an obvious guess. I don't know if this is the answer. Barca. It is Barca. Well done, Salih. Okay. One all. Lovely. <laughs> nice. Um. Manchester United has now lost more UCL games than Old Trafford. In the last fourteen games, which is seven losses, as they did in their previous, I feel like I phrase this wrong, you know. Eh, you scratch it. I phrase that terribly. But the start was for anybody who's won. Man United has now lost more games than Old Trafford in the last fourteen games, which is seven, as they did in their previous eighty games. in the competition which was 6 and 8 so what was the question based on that was, yeah you pretty you pretty much explain that well though what was the question mm-hmm. i was going to ask was at how much games that they lost in the last 80 but i feel like after i say 7 and 14 it kind of easy to assume it'll be 6 so mm. i'll say it terribly anyways uh galatasaray the first turkish side to win a ucl game away to an english side Since blank in two thousand and nine, hence both of them were away to Man United. What was the name of the Turkish team? God, oh, I think two thousand and nine is it? Yeah, two thousand nine. They make it to the final, that year, you know. Um, two thousand nine. Um, what was this team? Uh, oh, I think I know. Salik, is it is it Fenerbahce? Nope. What? It was a nine way. Yep. Is it is not Istanbul Beşiktaş? Beşiktaş. Is that your guess? Yeah. That is correct. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. I thought it was group. Oh. 2009? Yeah, but six does beat them in 2009 at Old Trafford. Uh, nice. Mm-hmm. Next up. Um, Antos Belgian wonder kid Arthur Vermeeran at 18 years at 239 days old became the third youngest player to assist two goals in a single Champions League game. Who were the other two? Hint: One player at that time played for Inter Milan, and the other player at that time played for Arsenal. 
Where where is the youngest? Youngest player, boy. Youngest player, third third one. Assist two goals. Assist twice, right? Okay. Yeah. And the first one was from. Inter. It was at Inter the time. He was eighteen years at eighty-four days old, and then the youngest player ever to do it is an Arsenal player who was seventeen years and two hundred and fifty days old. Two assists in a single Champions League game. Youngest ever. Arsenal, yeah, the Arsenal one tough, but I feel like I have an obvious answer, but I'm not sure. Um, I will allow three bites at the cherry for this one, given it's two answers. Is it okay? I go in here, just throw it on some names. Is it Shamak and Coutinho? No. I don't know if the I don't know if the Coutinho one is correct or not. Uh, yeah, only one way to know. Uh, I think Inter was different. Inter was Inter different boy. around that time. That's anyway. tough boy, yeah boy. That tough boy. I um, remember I used to hear watching. I'm trying to think about boy. who who was who was there for Inter back in the day, boy. Yeah, but I think about the young player. I just remember. You said one was eighteen. One was 18, um, the, the well, Inter Milan player was 18 years and 84 days old. And the Arsenal player was 17 years and 250 days old. Okay, the, uh, what, 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 oh, you said Chamak, right? Okay, um, assist boy. Okay, um, I'm gonna go for... For Inter, I'm going to go for. Trying to think about who used to strike for Inter back in the day, boy. And who was Mad Young? Oh, okay, I think I have it. I, okay, I think I have it. Inter Milan, Mario Balotelli. And for Arsenal, Jack Wilshire. Incorrect. Good, uh, good shout, you know. But yeah, but you immediately, immediately, I was thinking Balotelli. But I think if I was not thinking Walcott. Oh, that's a real good shout, Virgil. Oh, my we God. We just toast to your answer? Yeah. That is correct, Virgil. Well done. Come on, I remember. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know why I've... Wow. It, it, just, it just something when, when I was like I'd say back in the day I just remember I just remember a Champions League game I remember if it's not Coutinho it had to be Balotelli I just remember I remember that I remember because Mourinho was coaching them at that time yes but I was like had to be somebody young then the because, because he strike because he strike force I understand how he get the assist because he had a he had some good strike he had a good yeah. strike part but then yeah guys that's 3-1 to Virgil Next up, our next, uh, our next question involving an Arsenal player. Only two Arsenal players have scored in each of their first three Champions League games for the club. One is Gabriel Jesus recently. Who was the other player before that? To score in their first three Champions League games? Yeah. Hint, he, his country of origin is in Africa. It's just one one player we call, call right? Yeah, yeah, one player. One player to score in his first uh, country of origin is in Africa. I don't know if that's supposed to mean that he 
changed his nationality. No, 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 no. It's not a trick question like that. Oh, 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 okay. First three champions he gave him. Were y'all in Champions League then? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was in Champions League all the way up until 2017. Yeah. Um, this is where I wish I could ask questions. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go there. I, I feel like this might be. This, but I don't know if it is or not. I won't go to it anyway. Is it all Bamiyan? No. Uh, unfortunately, he never actually played Champions League for us. Alright, that's what I was worried about. I just wanted to get those. Virgil! Uh. Wait, 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 I just said, is that an Arsenal player? Or just talk, is, is yeah, an Arsenal player? It is an Arsenal Yes, 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 it's an Arsenal Yeah, player. okay. Um, three games for Arsenal. And he yeah, for... Um, what for the name stuff in that boy? Is it Adebayo? No. Oh, I thought he went. I thought he got there. No. Oh my god. Oh my god. Salik, back to you, bro. Oh, I'm not gonna lie. I feel like we exhaust all the African Arsenal players. Anyway, um, he is originally from Africa, which okay, that's tough. Um. It would be kind of weird if um if if it was a player who was said already. Is it Shamak? It is Marwan Shamak. Yeah, oh, I forget. Uh, yeah, I forget. Three two to Salik. Okay, Shamak. Yeah. Get long now. I don't want to go too long. Yeah. So okay, yeah. next up, PSG last twenty five UCL home game stages resulted in them being undefeated in thirty four of them. One team managed to beat them. Who was that one team? PSG. Um... Repeat the question quick. PSG are undefeated in 35 of the last 30, 34 of the last 35 Champions League games. Who was the last yeah. team to beat PSG at home? And this is um, and this is not in, this only the group stage or in the two of Champions League. Yeah, just the group stage. Just a group stage, okay. Um, I. Salik? Real Madrid? No. Uh, just a group stage. No, definitely not one. Um, no, there was one of them. It's not, it's not, um, United. It is Man United. Well done. On yeah. Yeah. No, if, if, I, if I had, I'm just about to say City, no, I was like, no, Messi scored a goal against us. That was, um, that was yeah. the year that, that United was top party group needed yeah. one, one point from the last two games to come out. And... Oh, yeah, yeah, boy, for real. I, I, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I remember, I remember seeing that game in, in Urban Rose. Yeah. 
Next up, Celtic have won a point against a team from Europe's top five leagues in Champions League for the first time since a, since a draw in December 2016. Who was that game against? Okay, well, I know they beat Barca in 2012. It's 2012. I don't remember who came after that. Hey, it's 2016, right? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I'm going to say City. Well done, Virgil. It is Man City. 4-2. I get, I get, yeah, who, I, I get who terrorizes. A man named Patrick Roberts, I remember that. Make cliche look terrible, boy. God, boy. Nice, cool. So Virgil has four. has four to two. However, just to make this super spicy, uh, the next two is lies. Um, that is this guy thing, right? Each yeah. one of these are worth two points each. So, um, I am going to tell you all. One of them is significantly harder than the other one, only because I couldn't uh, find the time to actually come up with a better lie. So we're just gonna roll with the punches. So, one of them is, the last time Barca and Porto have faced off in the Champions League was in 2000. How many players between Porto in 2000 and Barca 2000 do you think you can name from the starting 11s? Salik go first. Give my number. Jesus Christ. Um I also would have a 30 second time without actually name these players. Eh? Yeah, no. Um I'll go with seven. Nice, seven. Ooh. Virgil, seven, could you boy. beat seven players between Porto and Barcelona 2000? Between Porto. I sent 30 seconds. 30 seconds to name more than seven. Could you name if you now bear in mind if you lose, he gets the two points, eh? I could eat. Oh! <laughs> Salik, do you raise that eat? Or are you call it lies? I will I think I could I think I could I'll make it fun. I'll do nine. Salik says he can name nine. Virgil, how do you respond? Nah, 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 run. Can't do nothing. Say so call it lies? Yeah, call it lies. Okay, cool. So, like, <laughs> you now have 30 seconds to name nine or more players from Porto and Barca <laughs> starting level in, 20, in 2000. Are you ready? It's only the starters or any part of the squad? Starters, just the starters. All right, I'll try, I'll try, I'll try, I'll try. Three, That's a two, one, go. All right, uh, Hilario, uh, Jorge Costa, um, Puyol, Rivaldo, Zenden, Frank de Boer, Guardiola, um... 2000? Figo? Mm-hmm. Um, Patrick Clive, not Clive, it's father, whatever yeah, his name is. Yeah. Uh, Timer. How much time out? Oh, timer. Enrique! Oh my god! <laughs> he was one 
actually. Um, I'm surprised it is uh, calling your Santos boy um, for for Porto, but that was a good effort, though. That was that was seven out of nine. Though. Well done. Um, I appreciate you taking it, brothers. Virtually with yeah, them. We still had the last one. Um, for good yeah. weather, right? Newcastle have fielded ten English players to feature for them. Um, the other night, right? The most by yeah. a team in the UCL since Blackburn 1995. Don't worry, guys. I'm not gonna ask you all today the 1995 Blackburn team. Mm-hmm. However, how many of these ten do you think you could name Virgil? From wait, from Newcastle ten? Yeah. The English, um, the English players, eh? Um, who featured for the one the that night in the Champions League? Against Dortmund. You mean against PSG? Against Dortmund. They played ten. Oh, against Dortmund, right? Virgil, how much are that? Five. Five. Salad, could you raise him? I'll go at six. We have six, so Virgil. What my? Ah, oh, Jesus Christ. Um. Yeah, seven. Seven, Salik. Thinking boy. Uh, let me get fun though. I'll go with eight. Eight. Nine. Nine. Oh my goodness. Sally, could you name Walter? Uh, I'll let him go. I'll let him go. I don't think I had the ten. Virgil. I'll let him see if he can get nine. You have 30 seconds to name nine of the 10 English players that played the other night for Newcastle against Dortmund. Are you ready? All right. Yeah. Three, two, one, go. Wilson. Yeah. Gordon. Poop. Longstaff. Um, Barnes. Um, oh, sorry. Not Barnes. Sorry. Burn. Trippier. Um Foo. Livermento. No. Um Timer. Willock. Willock. Yeah. Oh wow. You almost get it in a bridge. I, in my head, I, 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 I don't know why they was just, he? I don't know why they just jumped the wallock first. I don't know why, why I stopped I was thinking about it. What was the other two? Jacob Murphy and, and who was the last one? Anderson? And Jamal Lass. Oh, Lascelles! Lascelles. He didn't say Lascelles. I forget, I, 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 I forget he, he was there because yeah, because thing out. But one out. I forget. No, what I had, was. I had, I literally had about seven because the, I could have named the starting 11 mm-hmm. ones. But the other two, uh, it'll be tough, it'll be tough. Okay, Virgil, congrats, bro, you won. Uh, guys, well done, well done. If you enjoyed this, I thought I was really good. Uh, you can oh, ask yeah. for this, how we can do this more. So, yeah, uh, we will also be ending it there, guys. This will be the end of the party, end of the YouTube. Thank you guys for joining us, as always. We appreciate you guys so much. Thank you guys for coming on. And we'll catch you guys next time. See you soon. Take it easy. Uh, later.